3: Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.
1: The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective.
2: From days long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend
3: a dream that came through a million years that lived on through all the tears
2: it came here the fandom nexus fabulous secret powers were revealed to our host as he plugged in his microphone i have a podcast here he is your spider pan jeremy hey we're
1: back and you know, this is gonna be a little bit weird, because alright, normally we have Lost Boy Phil with us, but we have a Phil with us, but it's not the Phil you all know, but yet it's also the Phil that you all know. Cause he's back. We have Mr. Phil Lawler with us again, and uh well, we're just gonna bring him along the whole show. He gets to be an official Lost Boy and co-host today.
2: <laughs> wow. Yeah I'm honored, I'm honored, I'm honored. Well, I should Thank hope so. Well,
1: we're, we're of course honored to have you on again. Last time we had John, we just kind of got an education. <laughs> we just <laughs> <Okay>. we just <laughs> let you go, and it's like, man, he's got a lot to say. So.
2: Oh, you know, that's that's a big problem that I have. Once I get going, I can't stop. <laughs> so.
1: But it was good stuff. I was like, you know, we want to talk about the craft of writing and, and storytelling. So we got that coming up. Also, we got some of our usual type of things. We're going to talk about our thoughts. Well, hopefully you got a chance to see the Jesus Revolution. Philip and I went. I've now seen it twice because I went with my wife. Then I went with Philip. Uh, so hopefully Phil Lawler has seen it as well. No, he I hasn't. Haven't.
2: I haven't seen it yet.
1: All right. Well, I'll try not to spoil anything as we talk about that. Uh, Also, we've got a little bit of news of some upcoming games, and there's a great amount of trailers that are out there. One whose trailer audio I am not going to play, and I'll tell you about that later in the trailer park. But as for now, we're just going to get in right into the regular show, and I'm going to fade out this music because it's going longer. Normally, I never seem to get through that. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm going to turn that down, and I have to make sure I turn it back up by the time I need to actually play a sounder. Well, usually how we up, open up the show is we like to have our what we call some host chatter. I should probably have shared the show notes with you and put them up on your screen. But we usually start that with the question of, what have you been watching? Mm. So, like, for me, the, my example would be, actually, I finally today got around to watching the season premiere of the new season of The Mandalorian. Uh, which I did enjoy. It was fun. It is some of the better things that uh, they're actually producing of Star Wars. And that, I think, has more to do with John Favreau than it does Kathleen Kennedy, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. So I did enjoy it. I did find it's funny, like, in the first two seasons, and then I, I guess the Book of Boba Fett isn't the third season of The Mandalorian, although it felt like it was.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I but think they s- wanted to try to make it that, but yeah. I'm sure that they would succeeded.
1: But it seems like they've run the course for everything the idea they had for Grogu, and so Grogu in this this first episode is just kind of funny. He's just sort of there as comic relief. The story really doesn't have anything to do with him. Just every once in a while, he gets to do something cute or funny. Sure. And we just, there'll be a conversation going on between two characters. And the camera will just randomly, so like the editor just cut in. Oh, here's Grogu, by the way. Oh, yeah, they're ca- talking. Oh, there's Grogu over there. Oh, you're, they're talking. Oh, yeah, there's a Grogu. So it seems kind of awkward, but for some reason it was working because they did have some pretty fun stuff for Grogu to do. So. Sure. I'm still really well, behind on stuff gonna, but not,
2: you know I mean you're not going you're not going to ignore your franchise character you're not right. going to you know you, you, he's the one who made it actually all work the first couple of <laughs> yeah. times so let's not ignore him let's put him in there even if he doesn't have anything to do let's put him in there
1: <laughs> nothing to do but make some comedy
2: and some cuteness yeah i have not seen the mandalorian third season yet i saw the first two i really enjoyed the first two they were a lot of fun mm-hmm. uh first two seasons um I, I, I'm looking forward to, to seeing the the third season. I, I just I just haven't had a chance to do it yet. Last week I was up in Seattle with my granddaughter, celebrating her first birthday. So Yay. we didn't uh, didn't watch The Mandalorian, but we did watch something that I found to be really interesting. I, my son and, and uh, my my daughter in law and myself we all watched. Um, I, I had not seen it before. Uh, the first season of Ted Lasso. And I don't know if you've seen Ted Lasso, but it is a really interesting show. It's really well done, and, and uh, I I, w- I, had, I had avoided it. I, I, I didn't really uh, want to see it because most of the time when when folks in the world say, "Oh, you got to see this thing," that's the kind of thing that I really don't want to watch. <laughs> yeah. But but uh, but it turns out that I was completely mistaken. Watching it was was just wonderful. It's it, he is a character. If you're not familiar with it, um, I'll give you kind of the premise. He is a football coach, a college football coach for a small team, small college in the United States. And he leads his his college to a championship, whatever league, whatever division they're in or whatnot. And um, so he is hired uh, by a very wealthy British woman to come to Britain and to coach a soccer team. (laughs) Okay, so he takes himself and his his coach, coaching staff, his assistant coach over to Britain and they're uh, going to uh, they're going to coach the soccer team. And he doesn't know the first thing about soccer (laughs) at all. Nothing. He's like the American, the ignorant American. And everybody hates him. Everybody hates him. I mean, he is called names as he's walking down the street. Uh. The whole the whole stadium when he appears in the stadium is is chanting obscenities at him. Mm. I mean, it's just it's just the it's just awful. The owner of the team, uh, she pretends to be really really friendly with him, but she, but she has an ulterior motive. She just suffered through a terrible nasty divorce, and basically she got ownership of the team in the custody battle. And she knows that her husband loves the team more than anything else in the world. So she has hired him basically because she's trying to tank her husband. It's a revenge thing on on her husband. That's the reason she's hired him. But Ted Lasso's character, he he weathers all of these storms because he is unrelentingly, obsessively, just amazingly optimistic about Hmm. everything everything. He sees the good in everything. It doesn't matter how much you insult him. It doesn't matter how many bad things you throw at him. It doesn't matter what you say to him. It doesn't matter what he's up against. He finds the good in it. And it's amazing to watch. Mm. It's just amazing to watch because, um, you, at first it seems like he's coming across as this dumb guy, but he's not dumb at all. He's actually very smart. And he's and and the way he handles situations where he just kind of turns everything around toward the good. Doesn't really care if anybody calls him names. Doesn't really care if everybody thinks he's terrible. Doesn't really care about that stuff. He is out to just show the good and the positive in everything. And it's really, really interesting to watch, especially in this culture. Yeah. The culture that we have right now, it's amazing because this is a very, very good show. It's they're gonna they're only gonna do three seasons. They're they're gonna start the third season. Uh, soon they're going to start airing the third season soon. But they've done two; they're going to do the third one, and it's a really amazing thing because it's like, but well, this is what this culture is hungry for. They're hungry right. to see that kind of thing. Yeah, um, and 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 it just works great. It's just it's just a it's I really. I don't recommend things usually, but I would say go watch Ted Lasso if you haven't seen it.
1: Yeah, I've got it on my my watch list, but I don't get a lot of time to watch television. I know. I know. Me either. When when I have free time, I'm getting in the habit of playing games, which leads into the second Ah. question, which is, what have you been playing? And for me, I have continued to be playing the Hogwarts Legacy because, holy cow, was that a good game. Uh-huh. which uh, friends of the show will be familiar with, Adrian Rop, who we've had on. Uh, he actually was at a convention thing. He was a uh, an artist with Avalanche, uh, did a mm-hmm. lot of – I think he even worked with some of the voice actors for some of the voices on Disney Infinity. Uh, but before he's had some health problems, he was able – and I saw his name in the credits under design because I did get to a credit credits area of it, uh, which I, I kind of I, – I made a safe point before I do like the last two things. Because everybody told me it's like, oh, there's a, there's a good and a bad ending. And it's all be- based on a choice you make at the end of the game. It doesn't matter what you've done throughout the game, it's at the end of the game that it matters. So I made a save right there. And then I also made a save before to do the last things where you go see who gets the Hogwarts House Cup or whatever, which well, <laughs> I went ahead and ran through. And yeah, I, I won the House Cup and all that stuff. So I'm like, cool, I've got an ending of the game, but there's so much on this map to do that I'm like, well, I'm not done. I'm going to go, you know, I, I'm keeping that save. I'm going to go through, do all this stuff, and then come back because you have to report back to Professor Weasley the 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 uh, secondary Professor headmistress Weasley yes wow. there's a Weasley that is second yeah, right. second in charge what's well, fun the headmaster is um oh i forgot his first name but uh you meet him actually in the 5th book they never put him in the movies but uh you've got headmaster Black who at this time uh oh, yeah. which he is in a in a portrait in double Door's office in the 5th yeah. film uh, but uh-huh. he's actually supposed to be at Grimwald place and he kind of You know, rolls his eyes at Harry because Harry gets the room with his portrait in there. But he's currently the headmaster of the school and played played Uh, by Simon Pegg in the game. Uh, Awesome. A a lot of fun a lot of fun with him around, especially at one point in the game. I don't want to spoil too much, but I got to drink some Polyjuice uh, Poison Potion and turn into (laughs) Headmaster Black to go and uh, complete some stuff, and you get some fun interactions with some of the other professors and some of the students that you've come across as you're trying to pretend to be Black and hope nobody finds out that you're acting very strangely, Headmaster. So, had a lot of fun with this. I already gave a parental warning last week about uh, just a little bit of the content might be a little scary, and there is some um, questionable decisions, but uh, I guess they're just trying to say, like, no, we're not as bad as JK Rowling. But yeah, I'm not going to get into that again. But yeah, <laughs> no, there are no, a couple yeah. of characters, you know, that they had to stick in there, but you can yeah. move past it and still just yeah. have a great time with the game. I had a lot of fun. Uh, so I'm still recommending that one and I'm still playing with it. But apparently, I'm going to have to play it at least four times because I was seeing some video where, you know, I went through as a Gryffindor because I was sorted by the official website as a Gryffindor. So I'm like, okay, we'll right. just do that. Uh, but there's different endings and different achievements for anyone who's games stuff like on PlayStation, you have different trophies right. you unlock for doing certain things. And right. there's a certain achievement for going through to a certain point in the game as a Gryffindor, a Hufflepuff, you know, for every house. And sure. I even found out there's a special level only Hufflepuffs get to do where you get uh-huh. to go to Azkaban on some sort of mission. Really? Yeah. So I'm wow. like, okay, well, now I have to go and play as a Hufflepuff.
2: That would just be to go the least likely house I would think of to go to Azkaban. Wow. I think that's why that's they did it. <laughs> yeah, mm, that's interesting. Yeah, I know that. I know that from the books that uh, each of the houses have their own specialties. Uh, in fact, in one of the stories, um, uh, Hermione they had the co- the coins. I think it's in the the Order of the mm, Phoenix. Yes, yeah, or the Order of the they Phoenix had the special coins or something like that yep. that they were. They were and, and they, they, they had the order there and they were meeting together and somebody from Ravenclaw said, how come you're not in Ravenclaw? You know, they said that to Hermione because mm. the Ravenclaws are supposed to be the ones who figure out puzzles right. and they're supposed to be the, the, the really smart ones and stuff. Um, but, but, so that is very interesting. I, I, I do have a story. It's not, it's not a Harry Potter. I do have a, a I, I don't play games, but uh, visiting my, my kids again, they do that. My son and his friends play games a lot. So does my daughter-in-law. They play a lot of games. And so while I was there, they had another friend over, and a friend of theirs over, and he was in the middle of a game that he was trying to complete. And my son had already completed that game. He, he was giving him suggestions and how to do how to do the stuff. And it's a an achievement thing where he's got characters that go through, and they're, it's really it was really difficult to do. I mean, there mm-hmm. were some things where he was just dying, 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 dying in the same <laughs> spot until he finally got to where he was was able to go. Mm-hmm. He completed, he completed the game. And part of the game, this may be a thing that happens with all games these days, but. Part of this particular game was you could go back and watch the fastest time that this game was completed. You could watch the whole video. Wow. The fastest time was 20, uh, 24 minutes and, and 59 seconds. They, they broke 25 minutes. Good it enough. was the fastest. And it was multiple, multiple levels. And when you watch this, it is amazing. I mean, truly amazing because there are just multiple, multiple, multiple levels of this. And so you start the video, and then you can hear him. You can hear the guy who's playing; he's a British guy, and he's talking about how he does this and what he did, and how. He, and it's amazing what he ignores. It's amazing the little, the little. Um, but they're not called cheats, but what are they? When you when you get little um, uh, fixes that you can go through and you could An exploit by, bypass thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and but he was just flying through this game. I mean, just flying. And and when I was watching my son's friend go on a certain level, and he would just die and then die and then die. <laughs> this guy just went do, 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 right through it. It was it was really truly amazing to watch it. And apparently, I was like, I wonder how many times he's had to play this game in right. order to get this way. And, and at the end, when he finally did, he broke down the guy who did this, who got the record. He was breaking down and crying because he said, this is this is this took him like two years of mm. playing this game to be able to get to where he where he was able to do this. Goodness. And it was it was just and we were all just. We know he's gonna break the record, but it's still so exciting. You're, you're, Watching you're, looking and you're saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, will he get it? Will he get it? Yes, he did, yes, yes. We're all kind of dancing around the living room and everybody they have a comment section so everybody can watch, you know, and they can make a comment on it. And yeah. the comment section is just exploding. You did it, dude. What a great thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, wow, the gaming community really has their uh, mm. has their has their support staff there, I yep. suppose. And they love they love that stuff. So yeah, I I you know. I, I I got my son, uh, one of the original Mario Brothers, way, way, way back. Uh, in fact, he inherited it from his uncle who was playing it, and his uncle got a new system, and so he gave it to me. And I was playing it. I started playing it, and I started getting obsessed with the thing. And I thought, you know what? This is not good for me. I really shouldn't be doing this. So I haven't played those games since my son was really, really young. So it's been at least 30 years since I played any kind of video games because yeah. I know I would get really obsessed with them and, and not do anything yeah. else all day long.
1: It's that work-life balance thing. You have to find time to squeeze in. So what I've squeezed yeah. out is sit around watching TV. I don't really know. Well,
2: there you go. There you go. You know, whatever it is, it's the opportunity cost. Right. And if you're going to take a lot of time doing one thing, you're going to give up time doing something else. Yeah. I do remember, though, when we were doing Jungle Jam, one of the things that happened was uh, we discovered Wolfenstein. I don't know if you ever <laughs> The <laughs> Wolfenstein, but man we were just i've been mean, just going through going through all the castles and going through everything killing nazis and getting killed and then coming back and look at all the secret tunnels and everything and that was that was just a, an awesome that was an awesome game i did like playing that but again i had to stop i had to say you know i got to cut this out cold turkey or i'm just going to be playing wolfenstein all day long <laughs> i can't do that anymore
1: as a real quick though, little little toss back because we were talking about Hermione and how the Ravenclaws is like, Why aren't you in Ravenclaw? And they yeah. talk about well, you know, the the sorting hat also figures in factors in your choice. So uh, what I what my mental theory is, is JK Rowling said that she left little breadcrumbs of the Ron and Hermione thing throughout. And to uh-huh. me, that was a breadcrumb that she had met Ron and Harry before and before Hermione had gotten in there. Well, at least in the movie, I think, yeah, Hermione would have been sorted first, though. But I think because they had mentioned on the train, I believe, in the books, they mentioned that, like, all the Weasleys end up in Gryffindor. So I think somewhere in in Hermione's brain, she kind of wanted to be in the same house as Ron and Harry. Yeah. So she might have done well as a Ravenclaw. Oh yeah, but I think she would have been way. great.
2: Mm-hmm. But but what's lovely is that Luna is a Ravenclaw, right? And you wouldn't expect Luna to be a Ravenclaw, but she, but Luna is very. At, at, at one in one sense, it kind of doesn't make a whole lot of sense that Luna's a Ravenclaw, But in the other sense, it makes perfect sense that she's a she's a Ravenclaw because she understands yeah. that kind of thinking. You know, it's it's a it's a it's, it's almost an alternate way of looking at yeah. things, which is really good, and that's that's very 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 uh, very important in mm-hmm. philosophical cleverness. Yep. Which is exactly what uh, Ravenclaws do. Yep,
1: they're they're book smart, but they're able to think critically and be imaginative. So.
2: Yeah, you know that whole choosing the Sorting Hat choosing choice thing is is, uh, is something I teach in my classes, which is really interesting. I mean, we, we, this is. This is a a little preview for what we can discuss about stories, but this, the idea of uh, uh, that's something that Dumbledore says to Harry at the very beginning at at one point uh, during the whole uh, uh, saga is that Harry thinks that he was put in the wrong house. Maybe I should be in Slytherin. Maybe Mm -hmm. I should be in Slytherin. I think it's in the second film um, that he does second book that he does that. And, and uh, uh, he says, why, why were you, why were you, why do you think the sorting hat plays Julie Gryffindor? And he said, well, well, because I asked it to, and he goes, exactly, Harry, exactly. That's it. it you, it, it took your, it took your choice into account because you see that Harry, that, that is the point, Harry. It is not, um, it is, it, it is, it is not our, our, our abilities that define us. It is our choices that mm-hmm. define us. And that was great because I said, you know, that's exactly what character is. Yeah. Characters choices. Part of an essential part of character is choices. You gotta have your characters making choices. If they're not making choices, they're not they're not moving forward. Yeah,
1: and I would also call it with great power comes great responsibility because your powers oh, aren't yeah. what defines you. It's what you do with them.
2: It's what you do with them. It's your choices. It's mm-hmm. not our abilities that define us. It is our choices.
1: Yes, you take responsibility for them. Or if you were Superman, you could choose to conquer the earth or defend it. Right. And thankfully, right. he chose to defend it. Because oh my goodness.
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. all righty but now we'll hop into I hope I always hit the wrong button hopefully I'm thinking of the right button this time <laughs> yeah I got the right button oh I better turn this up
3: spanning the Disney and geek universe to bring you the best in comics toys movies and entertainment this is news from around
1: Neverland. I really need to update that because I mean, we still have Neverland in the show, but you know, it's we don't really cover. Well, I still will jump into some Disney. The only thing I really wanted to be able to bring up, and some of this I was actually going to discuss uh, with uh, our regular Lost Boy Philip, because uh, he he's keeping tabs on the new WWE game that's coming out here very soon, and finding out some of the more classic wrestlers, which I think I pulled up. Uh, a listing of some of the classic wrestlers. And I don't know if you ever used to watch wrestling when you were a kid or anything. Oh, yeah. But that uh, good old time. Harley Race is actually going to be finally in one of these games.
2: Oh, no, I'm not familiar with Harley, but...
1: Oh, he's a Kansas I mean, City legend. I, I,
2: think I, pre, I think I predate Harley. I'm like <laughs> rapid Ricky Romero. I'm, oh, I'm wow. like way, way, way <laughs> early. Tree Hulk Hogan, I was a wrestling wow. fan so
1: well, yeah. I wasn't around that time. I wasn't born until 77. Yeah. So, <laughs> But Harley Race is actually you know, a local guy for me in Kansas City. and you know, He used to wrestle before he became part of the WWE. He would wrestle around here. Uh, he actually had a wrestling school in the area uh, wow. before he passed away. And so having Harley Race in the game, we're pretty excited about that. Uh, also, we found out like the, the Steiner Brothers, the classic version of the Steiner Brothers, back from the old NWA, WCW days. Uh, wow. Before they kind of went, you know, very different, and Scott Snyder became Big Papa Pump because he really got stacked. <laughs> my goodness, uh, hello, Roid Rage. Um, <laughs> I don't know for sure that he was on steroids, but my, I mean, he got huge, uh, and wow. it still is. And I hope if he hears this, he doesn't get mad at me because I think he's still pretty huge, and he'd probably cross- squash my head like a grape, and I'd rather not that <laughs> happen. So. But yeah, they've announced a lot of classic wrestlers. And uh, of course, we've even found already Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Randy Savage, Andre the Giant. You're getting at least some of the best ones. And uh, I like that they still have a creative wrestler because I'm going to have to create Hacksaw Jim Duggan once again because they still have not put him in again. And I I love Hacksaw to death because especially when I got to meet him, he's just as much fun as in person as he was back in the day because he's just such a big personality and has a great sense of humor. Uh, But that is coming March 14th. I have not put in my pre-order on it because I'm saving my money for Planet Comic-Con, which, by the way, did you all remember? March 17th and 19th. I will actually be there on the 18th. I found out they didn't give me a three-day pass, even though I'm only doing a panel on two different days. But in the evening on that Friday, we will be discussing Walt Disney's time in Kansas City. I have special guests coming down from the Marceline Museum uh, to talk about it. And also on Sunday in the afternoon, so get out of church and hustle, uh, we'll be talking about Walt Disney's – the the impact that, that Marceline had on Walt Disney while, of course, the Kansas City is what impact Walt Disney had on various artists here in Kansas City that went off to do amazing things. So, yes, you definitely do not want to meet uh, – miss either one of those. You do want to meet me, uh, but – yeah, in case you haven't already, and you know, I haven't got a chance to disappoint you yet. Uh, so I'm saving my money for the convention because I plan on buying a bunch of toys because uh, I don't have enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So the next thing I have on my list, though, for news now, I did find a, a, a new video, a new trailer for the upcoming Legend of Zelda game. Uh Oh, I forgot what it's called. It's the sequel to Breath of the Wild. This is like Tears of something. I'm gonna have to look it up. Tears of the Kingdom. Uh the audio is mainly music, but there's actually a couple of lines of dialogue, so we don't get a whole lot of information. But this is upcoming, and I'm just gonna let everybody know that it exists, and I will not actually be playing the audio for you like I normally would, because it's I don't think you're gonna get much out of it. Uh auditor- auditorially, is that the right word? I'm, I'm inventing stuff. I can sure. make up words. <laughs> yeah.
2: Auditorially is fine.
1: Yeah. because I, I, I think that's the right word. I don't know audibly i don't know anyways but we're going to move over keep on trucking here into the trailer park mama now the
0: gator got in the house now the gator uh, give me that shovel! come
3: here the neverland trailer park
1: now this is probably going to be more beneficial if i had it to where you could see my screen hopefully you'll be able to hear the audio of this
3: Welcome home. I know this place isn't as warm as I'd hoped. But I'm going to light a vanilla candle, and it's going to be a game changer. Will it though? We're out.
1: This mansion is unhinged. She needs all the help she can get. You want to be a hero?
2: Pass. $2,000. What's the address? I'm gonna move into
0: a house
2: without windows. So I won't see you walking by. Guys? Walking by. A
3: little help.
1: With your New York, I, I just saw This house has a way of playing tricks on you. Woo!
0: Ha ha ha!
2: God. Is anybody else seeing this?
0: Yeah, I'm seeing it.
2: Be careful. Death lurks around every corner.
3: Other more powerful entities may come through. Not on our watch. Well, what are you going to do? Seriously. Yeah. They're already dead. They're yeah. going to be deader.
0: Okay.
1: Okay, let's see what the description they give us here. Look alive, foolish mortals. We're dying to you to view our teaser trailer. Well, we just did. Uh, Or listen to it, for those of you listening. And a poster for Disney's comically creepy adventure, Haunted Mansion, which will appear in theaters on July 28th. This is directed by award-winning filmmaker Justin Simeon. This is. I got an all star cast. Really, you got Lakeith Stanfield. I'm not sure who that is. Tiffany Haddish. I've heard of Owen Wilson. Gotta love him. Danny DeVito. Come on, folks. Rosario Dawson. And let me get this photo, Chase W. Dillon with Dan Levy, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Jared Leto as the Hatbox Ghost. Now, this of course is the second attempt they've had at making making a haunted mansion film. I think the Eddie Murphy one was called. The Haunted Mansion, so now we take the the away. We were promised for years that Guillermo del Toro was interested in a project like this. Didn't happen, so now we've gotten this. And I'm hoping maybe this time, what went wrong with the the Eddie Murphy is it was too silly without enough scares. Because the ride is like that balance of of creators that were like, I want to make it scary, but I need to make it funny. And they, they worked a balance out. And hopefully this time they've got a bit more of a balance. So even though we're not really a Disney show anymore, I'm I, this is still my favorite attraction at the park. Uh, it's just fun. I like something. I like a good mystery and something to to half scare me. So, <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. excited about this. It's like yeah, right, This might be fun. Uh, so uh, I I have high hopes for it that it, I might actually have a good time in the theater.
2: Yeah, I think it, it looks. Uh, I just I was watching it on the screen here. It looks really fun. Um I, it's one of my favorite attractions in the mm-hmm. park, too. I, I really like it. And I always liked uh, the idea behind it, too, the the, the technology behind it mm-hmm. uh, that, the, that the Imagineers were able to come up with just to make the whole thing. Even after all this – even after all these years – um, you know, it was, it was, it was so cutting edge when it first came out. And then, cause I remember I was, I, I remember very vividly when they first came out with it. And then, but even after all these years, uh, you know, there, there's still some really good things in it. You know how it all works. Everybody knows how it all works, but still it's like, wow, this is really fun. This is really, really, it's still, it's so much fun. Just go through the, go through the ride itself. Right. And, uh, and, and that's what's, that's, what's really, that's what's really amazing. I still love the wistfulness and the mysteriousness of that last, as you're going up that little escalator kind of thing and that girl is going, goodbye, hurry come back. back in, hurry back. Hurry and you go, oh, man, this is <laughs> – <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's such a fun ride. I really love the ride and uh, I look forward to seeing the movie.
1: Yep, I actually think I'm going to go to the theater for that one, which has been a while since I went to the theater for a Disney film. Yes. So. The,
2: the reason why I really like it on this one, I think, is because it, it, it keeps so much of the of the, of the, the feel of the, of the ride yeah. in the movie. You know, you're looking at the you know the hallways and the painting stretching and all those mm-hmm. kinds of things, and you're seeing all that stuff, and it's like, oh, this is this is that's really good. I'm glad they they're keeping that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, and so so, but it'll be interesting to see what they've done with the story. Now that's, that's usually where they kind of fall apart on these things is the, you know, the, they have the, they have the ride, they have all that sort of stuff. They try to keep all that stuff in there. It's like Jungle Cruise. The story kind of falls apart a little bit. So oh, but Jungle we'll Cruise was happened.
1: a lot of fun, though. It was, it was, it was a ride. It's just, it's, it's just, just silly and campy. And <laughs> yeah. it
2: makes perfect sense to do what they did with it. Yep. It makes perfect, perfect sense to do what they did with it. I mean, it's, it's an adventure. What else is a Jungle Cruise been an adventure? <laughs> right. but we'll see what we'll see what happens with this. You know, I mean, I, I think Pirates of the Caribbean was, was fun. Yeah. Um, the first one was a lot of fun. And, and so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with this one.
1: Yeah. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. It's like, you know, this, yeah. especially the more yeah. i watch this trailer, like, you know, this just looks like it's going to be a good time. Yeah. So yeah. I, and that's why I go to the theaters. I don't like, usually go to get educated or whatever, but you know, last couple of uh-huh. movies I've been to has been the Jesus revolution and left behind. So uh-huh. it's about time I well. went to go just watch something that's just fun. So sure. <laughs> All right, next thing on the list. Now, I, I normally I would play the audio for this, but Disney apparently has been going copyright after anyone reacting to the trailer for Peter Pan and Wendy, mm. which – here here's the thing. Uh, this became the Wendy movie <laughs> from the look of this. We're very uh, focused on Wendy where – she's not behaving like the character we know. Now, my my, my big issue with the remake, tra- remake, train. remake train is it's like I call, I've called it the apology tour because, you know, Walt didn't have our modern values, and we're apparently so much more evolved now. And so sure. we have to modernize into that. And so, you know, they, you know, they'll go through and they race swap thinking, hey, look, we've done this wonderful thing for these people. Although I've had some people of color that I've seen videos of that like, yeah, we didn't ask for that either. Although there are some people excited about it. But I... The, 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 the what is interesting is we also are in the some society where we had oh within the last few years we had that ghost in the shell movie where everybody was kind of upset about well hey man this is a Japanese story it's in Japan why are we casting white people in it but so but we can have a, another story that's in Denmark and yeah. we can just swap whatever colors we want you know yeah. it's like we're not it, it depends upon like if you put a white person in place where the person wasn't, wasn't shouldn't be white, then they then okay, it's okay to be upset. But if they swap out where anything else where it doesn't make sense, well, I guess we're not supposed to say anything.
2: There's there's, there's not there's not any consistency in any yeah. of this. So the, the consistency flew out the window a long yeah. time ago with all of this stuff, and that's that's exactly what it's supposed to be. It's about chaos. It's not yeah. about it's not about making sense it's about chaos
1: it's not about being able to find hey we can find a better way to tell the story it's like oh no we need to make sure we're more diverse but what what story, what have pointed story, out
2: story was one of the first things that that left i mean yeah. that, that 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 doesn't matter at all it's it's what, what what can we what else can we do here how can we do all, how can we do all of this uh, I just, yeah. that, this is this is stuff that we uh, creators face all the time it's mm-hmm. the pressure that creators face or facing now that's exactly what's going on in all venues and everywhere we go so but, that's, that's something we have to deal with and weather through and know what you believe. Yeah. And know the, what you the,
1: believe. the narrative is alive and well because – and this is something I was pointing out to somebody on Facebook discussing this. If you take a look – and I don't mind like the Lost Boys is great. They should all be divorced in different colors because they could get lost from anywhere.
0: Sure,
1: that sure. makes sense. We saw that in yeah. Hook, and I'm one of the rare people who love the movie Hook with Robin Williams. I think it's great. Right. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I love and it I love having a, a bigger group of Lost Boys from all over the place. But I noticed – the pirates, when we get a good look at them, they're all old white men because apparently old white men are the cause of all the problems of the world. That well, is the current narrative.
2: Well, I was, but I mean that makes sense in the in the context of that movie as yeah. well because what is what is what is Maggie Smith old? Uh, you know, what what is old Wendy yeah. say to Peter? You become a pirate, Peter. Right? You, you know because that's what he is. He's a corporate pirate. Well, it makes perfect sense because all of those guys are, are representative. Basically, yeah. that's what they're. That's what the. That's what the sim- symbolism is. All of those guys are representative of what. What, who was running businesses at that point? Then, what, what are they? Well, they're all pirates. They're all pirating each yeah. other's businesses. Yeah, so that even in Hook, though, even
1: in Hook, though, there were pirates of different colors. There is even yeah. Glenn Close as yeah. a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> For yeah. anyone who wants that little bit of trivia, she's the pirate that gets put into the boo box. But we had we had diverse <laughs> Lost Boys in Hook. We had diverse pirates in in, in Hook. But now we David, see this new David live Crosby action.
2: David Crosby was one of those too. David Crosby was one of the Hook, one of the <laughs> in
1: the. That's right. Hook. Yeah. yeah. With his big beard and mustache and and all
2: the big huge mustache. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But this new iteration, the Lost Boys are diverse, but the pirates are
2: not. Uh, well, that's you know, that the really, narrative. That's, you know. that's the that's the new that's the new go to. Yep, that's new go to. go to is it? That's it. The I mean, other go to is to kick JM
1: Barry's words in the teeth. Where, and i frequently said on this show, girls are too clever; they don't get lost. That's actually from the book. <laughs> but we now have the lost them's because, and they even try to throw it in our face when Wendy asks, the "Lost boys, how come you two are girls?" Oh, well, you got a problem with that? We actually get that. I'm like, "Really?"
2: Yeah, well. Uh, well, you know, that's the thing. We just we we, just, we need we need a better culture. Yeah. <laughs> See, so, you know, we need we need a new culture. So that's what we got. That's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to create a new culture. So
1: This is going straight to Disney Plus because they knew it would tank in the theater. Sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Sure, you know.
1: So, cuz they've been getting backlash. See, I mean,
2: that, yeah, that's kind of interesting. But that's kind of interesting just from a technological and from a business standpoint, let's create our own streaming service so that way we have a place to put all of these things. Yep. Um, we, we can go directly to them because it used to be people people vote with their dollars and now they don't have to vote with their dollars anymore now we can just we can stick this stuff wherever we want yeah. to because we have a streaming service and, and chances are you're not going to get rid of the streaming service if they, you know we'll we'll take we'll do t- we'll, t- we'll do the metric now saying how many how many how many subscribers are we going to lose because we put this in here well that uh, you know, balance that against how many new subscribers that we get all the time because they like the old stuff, and so yeah. uh, uh, well, it's good. We're, we're still good. We're yeah. still going to. We're still going to do it. It's still fine.
1: And I still uh, don't think they know. fulfilled what I thought the promise of Disney Plus would be. I wanted every Mickey Mouse cartoon ever.
2: Oh, me too. Me too. Didn't get me it. Too. In fact, I wanted I wanted not only the Mickey Mouse cartoons, I wanted uh, I wanted all the old stuff from Disney, mm-hmm. all the old films that they used to make. I wanted the scarecrow. Yeah. Where, where's the scarecrow? I, I want that. I want that series. I want I want all of those things that I remember when I was a kid. Uh, loving. I want I want every episode of The Wonderful World of Disney mm-hmm. that I used to watch on Saturday night. I want all of them. I want all of them, you know, Sunday night, uh, Sunday night. I I, I I want to see those things. I want every animal documentary that they yeah, make. I want all of those things. those are so they were so good and they just gave you a great feel, you know it, just, it was just it made you feel like, oh man, that's. There, there really is a great, wonderful world out there. It mm-hmm. lived up to its title really, really well. And I, I wanted all those, but they haven't. They've only released yeah. a very, very small, yeah. small amount of those. And that's too bad.
1: And I, I don't mind that they're making new content for it, but you know what? That old content still still holds a place in my heart. The
2: old content is what what drew us to it in the first place. The old content is because of the way it made us feel. And what's really interesting about that is the last time I went to Disneyland, I haven't gone in a long, long time. I haven't gone in years and years and years. But uh, the last time I went, uh, we went with a bunch of folks. And we decided, let's go over to Tom Sawyer Island. We hadn't been there. I hadn't been there since I was a kid. And I thought I thought, well, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna they're gonna PC this place up like crazy. But they <laughs> hadn't, they hadn't done it yet. They had, I don't know what they've done since, but they hadn't. Mm. And man, and I thought, nobody's gonna be here. And they you've got all these other attractions, you've got all this new stuff, all these, these Star Wars landed opened up in and all the, you know, everything had opened up by that time. I thought then nobody's gonna be over here. No, it was packed, and it was packed with kids. Oh, and it good. was kids using their imaginations, ah. Totally using their imaginations. And it's like, wow, look at this. This is this is what they this is what this is supposed to be. This is exactly what it's supposed to be. Instead mm-hmm. of telling us, instead of uh, instead of imagining for us, and we're just experiencing somebody else's imagination, bring them over here and let them imagine stuff for themselves, which is exactly what they were doing. Running around, having fun, doing stuff that Tom Sawyer would have done. I mean, <laughs> going, to, you know, you go into the fort, and this is what I find to be mind-blowingly amazing, especially in this day and age. They have all those rifles up there you know, in the fort. And, and those rifles, are, they're all planted down, but you're supposed to be f- defending the fort against the enemies, right? Mm-hmm. They haven't changed really anything the last time I was there, at least. Maybe they've changed it since then. Mm-hmm. Those rifles are all pointed toward people walking in New Orleans Square. <laughs> <laughs> They're they're all pointed right at the, those are the people that you're aiming at when you're aiming the rifles. Those people pointed. At it. like, well, that's where the pirates have, are. Though they have, not, I know, I know. That's the thing. How have they not? I, I hope that they don't. I hope they never ever change that. But it's just it's just astounding. I'm like, wow. How can they? How can this still be going on oh, in, this, wow. in this day and age? <laughs> uh, but it's it's great. It, it was it was so much it was so much fun to go over there because the energy on that on that island. Uh, outclass the energy everywhere else in the park by a factor of ten. it was just it was just so much energy and so much excitement so much enthusiasm for kids playing yes you know, that's the thing it was just a bunch of kids playing and using their imaginations and that's exactly what Walt wanted I mean, mm-hmm. he really he really wanted that to happen he didn't want he didn't want all of this stuff to take over imagination he wanted it to enhance imagination. But now we've got a lot of things that just take it over. Yeah. And, uh, and kids are, you know, they don't let them use the imagination, which is sad. Yeah, that would make
1: John Avery Whittaker proud. Ah, yes. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next one. This, I am super excited for this movie.
3: Listen to me, George. You've got a punch like I've never seen. But in every battle, the greatest foe that we will combat isn't here. To live one way your whole life. Heavenly Father, thank you for this food. George should change his name from Foreman to Poor Man. <laughs> <laughs> to hurt. Down goes crazy. What's my name now, fool? Foreman is the new heavyweight champion of the world. Where's all that rage coming from? Don't have any rage. Like and, and it becomes all you know. Let's thank God for the food, y'all. Yeah. I bought the food, mama. George Foreman ain't no new
1: champ. He is the new chump. We gonna get it on because we don't get along. Foreman goes down.
3: Who said that? You said nothing, George. George. George, George, George. Oh, George. 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 Your heart stopped. We thought he was dead. I was. I'm done. I'm not going to box anymore. Do you know what you're walking away from, son? I want to spread the word of God and what I saw. How's being a preacher going for you? It's hard. Harder than getting punched in the face. Sometimes it feels about the same. Hey, son. Come on and enjoy yourself. Power Company said we never paid the bill. Really? There's only two things I know how to do. That's box and preach. The preacher won't pay the bills. You made me something once, Doc. You can do it again. It is my destiny to win the heavyweight championship belt again. Last time they saw me, I looked like Superman. So now you look like the Michelin Man. This ain't no beauty contest. Michael Moore. He's 26 and unstoppable. How can you beat that man? Woman is considered an old man in this young man's game.
1: Mr. Foreman, that funny little grill deal you signed is starting to generate some substantial checks.
3: Really? Now, I'm just surprised it shows a big old fat guy like me to sell a beer (laughs) to help people get lean. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Coming
3: to April 28th,
1: and it's kind of a long title, but I think... The, the short form is just big George Foreman. They've got this subtitle here, which just left my screen. Uh, but this, it, it's the George Foreman story, which uh, I, the, the change you see in him uh, as a young man and really not getting into his family's faith to when he goes down from Muhammad Ali, which they got a good actor from Muhammad Ali. That's, he, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but seeing how his life changed... Uh, I mean it's. it looks like this is going to be very, very inspirational, and I don't know who – who does not love George Foreman.
2: He's just such a great personality. Yeah, totally. So totally. this – Completely. I, how, can I'm you not love a man, how can you not love a man who named all of his kids George?
0: <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's just the great that's just so much fun yeah like okay that's just, it's just the way that's the way it works that's the yep. way it works and yeah the george foreman grill that's that's another thing it was just, <laughs> i think that's what most people these days kind of do it yep. before was that that sort of thing and everybody was like oh he was a boxer too oh yeah, yeah man. oh I, yeah I remember I remember that. I remember that whole rivalry between him and Ali very, very well, and it was uh, it was a it was a big deal. Everybody, I think, was there were there were people. You were you were in two camps with Ali. You really loved Ali. You hated Ali. And if you hated Ali, you wanted everybody that he took on to beat him but Ollie was just too good. He, yeah. was, he was really, really good. And, um, and, and it's, it's only much, much later in his life that everybody started appreciating just how good of a boxer he really was. Cause he was so verbal with everything that he did. He's mm-hmm. like, Oh, can't somebody just shut this guy up? You know, and everybody <laughs> was hoping that Foreman would do it, but that didn't happen. But, um, but it was, it, you know, he's, yeah, you're right. He's just a big lovable guy. Yep. George Foreman is just a big lovable guy. And, uh, you, 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 at one point you just kind of wish the best for him no matter what just yeah. you know just wish the best for him he's, he's he's a great lovable guy and and wow what a tank I mean the guy yeah. is just a tank he just came back and and like I said this is not a beauty contest I don't have to look good I just have to <laughs> box right. I just have to box well I just you know nobody's going to care what I look like if I punch the guy out and, and he's right he was mm-hmm. absolutely right
1: it's the movie I didn't know I
2: needed until I saw yeah. it was it coming. I was like <gasps> exactly <laughs>
1: <laughs> i've not told so people you before i got to see getting, the trailer yeah, like,
2: this is what's interesting though we're getting these kinds of films now yeah. we're getting these kinds of things where people go through profound life changes yeah and and uh and and come out on the other end uh, with a different set of values and yeah. hollywood used to do this really really well alvin york i mean the sergeant mm. york was a perfect example of that and, and 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 now we're seeing this stuff kind of make a resurgence and and why? Why? Well, it's because people are wandering. They're wandering. They're lost. They're like, we, we got to find meaning somewhere. Where? Where's the meaning coming from in our lives? And and uh, and 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 this, this this sort of thing is what's going to happen. I mean, that's you're going to talk about it in a minute. We talk about yeah. the Jesus' <laughs> revolution. That's exactly <laughs> yes. the kind of thing that everybody's looking at, going, "What? What's going? What? What? Wow! Yeah. So,
1: yeah, just yeah, you're you're already giving the message of the Jesus revolution. But I got one <laughs> more trailer that just dropped today that I have to bring up. All right. Can I it... damn oh, can I could have signed it a little bit better. Like my head. Just stop talking. You're ruining my concentration. You're fine. Chill. He's gonna die. Ah. Ah. Wait, did you hear that? What was that? Well, nothing we can do. You guys wanna grab pizza?
3: What the heck are those things?
1: They look like little Shreks to me. Can I kick
0: it? Get
1: it, get it. Oh, we've prepared our whole lives for this, you know? get it,
0: get
1: it. Oh, my God! <laughs> anyway, oh, my God, I'm going to Leo, what happened? Is Donnie it's bleeding? It was an accident. Mikey, I- watch out! You were
3: Baby Turtles, who made contact with Mystery Goo.
1: Well, we prefer the term ooze, but yeah. It's like more, like, it's just nicer. It it, it rolls off the tongue better, yeah. Ooze. Ooze.
3: Ooze. Ooze. It's nice, right?
1: It's ooze. All right, so coming in August, it's the fourth attempt at a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle series. And the one thing i got to say against this is Seth Rogen has been the one behind this. Mr. Sausage Party himself, uh, the stoner style that he is. I don't have any faith in him being able to make a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that I'm going to like. Uh, There have been people appreciating this, like, oh, look, they actually sound and look like teenagers. Like, well, I I can appreciate that, but... And, and it's it's a unique art style, which is kind of cool. It's some of this new inter- animation Amazing. we've seen out of Sony here with the, the uh, Spider-Man across the multiverse or the Spider-Verse. But I, with Seth Rogen behind this thing, I'm like, I'm prepared to cringe.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be. Oh, it's edgy. Let's do edgy stuff. Yeah. Nah, 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 nah. I, I, First of all, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle franchise has always been a, 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 a it's, it's always been something I've been amazed at. Because I always thought, right from the get-go, that this thing was just a fluke. <laughs> you know, I mean, I just thought, you know, there they were guys in the, in, the, in the room who were, what, what, kind, of a, what kind of a show can we come up with? Uh, let's do a show, I don't know, what haven't we done? Turtles. Oh, that sounds good. Turtles, yeah. Maybe they're <laughs> mutants. And, and what do kids like? Oh, they like martial arts, kung fu. Let's make them kung fu. Star, you know. And I'm thinking, really? Seriously? This is, <laughs> this is what they came up with? And I always thought, this is just a flash in the pan sort of thing. But it became so good and so big. And, and, and in no small part because of, of some of the writing that was on it, the writing staff that was on it, but also because of the original voices. Yeah. Okay. And and then I understand, you know, then it was only years later that I realized, oh, my, oh my goodness, I know <laughs> – I've worked with all these guys you know? <laughs> Townsend Coleman. He was one of the originals and yep. and, and, and Rob Polson. And, and then years later I was teaching at Cal state Los Angeles. And one of the guys who came in and started teaching was Barry Gordon. I'm oh, like, what what's going on? I'm, <laughs> I, I know all of these guys now. I know everybody. So it, yeah, it just got, it got to, to be, uh, to be strange uh, as far as that was concerned, but they were so good and so good at, at the voices. And so and the writing was very, very funny. Um, You know, they would deliver the line so well, and these guys were so, so good at it, that, uh, that, that, that it became a phenomenon. I might my son, you know, when this first of all this stuff came out years and years ago, he wasn't even old enough to talk. He's barely old enough to talk. He would call them the TJ Muja Ninja Turtles. That's how, that's all he could say. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What do you want to watch today? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, we're going to watch the Teenage Mutant mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles. But, but, uh, uh, and he, and he loved them. And they were just, they were just great. And, and so when you start watching them, you realize, okay, there's a lot more going on here than we thought. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot more, they, they put a lot more, a lot of subtext into it. And 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 uh, and, it, and it became just this this great thing, and then revived and revived and revived, mm-hmm. and it's just living on. It's just it's just living on. So
1: yeah, and Kevin Eastman, uh, I believe, is actually still writing some of the comics. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, which it's pretty it's pretty amazing stuff. Pretty he'll be at Planet
1: Comic Con, by the way. I mentioned before that I will be there, but Kevin Eastman's going to be there. I think I'm going to yeah. have to bring something to have him sign it because I mean, yeah, I wish Peter Laird was still part of it. Uh I, yeah. I guess he sold all his his shares of everything. He sold all all his stuff of turtles, so yeah. he's got nothing. But I appreciate that in this movie, you see like there's a rooftop that is layered or something, so they're still acknowledging Peter Laird's involvement in yeah. the creation of the turtles. So that's
2: always fun. It's that's always, always fun. nice,
1: you know, to have that little pat. Yeah. So.
2: But I'm kind of looking forward
1: to meeting Kevin Eason because I grew up with that
2: cartoon. Here's here's you know this is another example of uh, we talked about it before before the show started with of, of taking stars whoever the latest star is and putting it mm-hmm. in the film, but you know, doing the, doing the stuff that even those guys who, I mean, those guys who created those vocal characterizations should, should be a part of this in some yeah. way. And they're not, then it's, it's too bad. It's too bad. I think it's just sad.
1: Well, it's, you know, speaking on video games, I think that's one of the big selling points for it that, uh, Oh, golly. Oh, shredders revenge game that they put out. Uh, I guess it was just yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. They went and they got all the original voices of the, at least the turtles yeah. back. Yeah, uh, yeah. All, that just made the game for me having them back. I mean, because they're, they're the voices I grew up with, and even some I, I've True. actually had Townsend on the show a couple of times. It's just so much yeah. fun talking to him, uh, yep. and reliving, yep. especially yep. finding out that he almost was Leonardo, which his voice would have been a good <laughs> Leonardo.
2: So I could have <laughs> I seen, find, that. I find Rob Paulson amazing because you know, he was one turtle, and then in the recasting, yeah. he was another turtle, and it's like.
1: And the performance wow. is so different and nuanced. It's I like know, that's amazing. He's,
2: he's he's just brilliant. <laughs> he's, he's just a brilliant guy. Yep. I've
1: he's gotten to meet him too. once, but never get to him on the show. But I've got to meet wow. him and talk to him before. That was he's, he's an awesome guy too.
2: He's he's so friendly and he's mm-hmm. so good. He has such a great story about with his cancer and how he overcame it mm-hmm. and all the stuff that went on with it. It's just he's he's just a, a wonderful man. He really is a wonderful guy.
1: Yep. So that's that's something after I'm done trying to get as many Odyssey people on there, I needed to go to, to see how many turtles I can get on, but it's hard uh, to get uh, them all. I have found Renee yeah. Jacobs, the original voice of April. I found her on Facebook. I'm like, no, maybe. Ah, good. oh,
3: Excellent. and speaking
1: of people I'm trying to get on, uh, I actually ended up in a conversation with Mark Christopher Lawrence because uh, mm. I'm a fan of his mainly from Chuck. And then I realized, oh, my gosh, he was uh, I, kept, I forgot his name, but the Washington Washington, Ed Washington, Ed Washington. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he shared on Facebook some pictures of some different projects. And I said, oh, I don't, do you have any pictures of Odyssey? And. I actually started talking to me. says, actually, yeah. unfortunately, I don't. And I says, well, I'm going to have Phil or back on here pretty soon. I'll put in word. words like, hey, we need to have the Washingtons. And he did let me know that yeah. the the lady who played Mrs. Washington has passed away. He says, but we can yeah. always have the toy man back. I'm like, I will let him know. So
2: I, I I put him in an episode. He was in the last episode. One of the episodes that I wrote was was featured him. That was the last appearance he had made on Odyssey. We got to get him back. We got yeah, to get him back. He's such a good actor. He such is such a very nice and a very nice man. And he's funny too. His stand up is yeah. great. I taught you know I taught at Azusa Pacific University before I moved here to Arizona. I taught I taught at Azusa Pacific, and he uh, they premiered a play. I I was walking down the hallway. They have a posters of all the plays that they've done in the in the theater, the main theater there, and he was in one of the big. Premier productions about that. And I said it. I'm like, oh, goodness gracious. There he This is There's his picture. It's right there. It's a big name picture. I, I don't know when this was. It was like three or four years ago, but uh, I, the next time I see him, I got to talk to him about mm-hmm. that. But I, I never got a chance to talk to him. But the next time I see him, I'll, I'll talk to him yeah. about it. See what happens.
1: Yep. And I did drop an invitation in the conversation there. I was yeah. like, oh, hey, you know, you are welcome anytime you want to come on. We'll have a great yep. old time talking to him. Cause, yeah. Especially because I loved the series Chuck. That is my favorite t- TV show. And him is Big <laughs> so Mike good. just. Just made it. So, <laughs> it was so
2: great. That was, that was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. A lot of
1: fun. Well, and it's now it's time for the last sound button that I actually have. Oh, Want to see a movie?
2: Yeah. Pretty <laughs> good. It was bad. I'm fuzzy on the whole good bad thing. My eyeballs could have been sucked from their socket. I like it a lot. It's the best movie ever made. A, a Fandom Nexus Genesis. Movie Review. All right. So the,
1: what's fun about how the, the show has changed is instead of just reviewing that, what the geeky type of movie that may have come out, I actually get to talk about Jesus Revolution, which is <laughs> the way my show used to be. We didn't get to talk about that thing, but we've kind of pulled the lever and it's like, you know what? We're going to talk about all this type of things. And this, this movie was never was going to hit number one. It was, oh, I believe, number three last week behind of yeah. Cocaine Bear. I wish it hadn't been a big thing because that, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. that looks like it. Ugh. Uh, and it's it's still hanging in there. It is still. I think when I, I was looking it up, and it's still hanging down down about number three. It still did significantly well, and I did appreciate that the second time I went it when I brought Philip along with me, we still had a packed theater in there. Uh, and this for a a, a faith based movie to do as well as it is, that is that that warms my heart. Uh, yeah. Warms my heart almost as much as the film itself did. Uh, these. Ah, uh, the people who behind this were the same ones that they did stuff like they. I can only imagine which I didn't see that one. I probably yeah. need to. I'm I'm not really a big fan of that group, but I bet it was a great movie. Uh, mm-hmm. And they also did uh, was it last year or the year before they did the the Kurt Warner movie American Underdog, right. uh, Which oh yeah. wow that was ooh good stuff. Just mm. they're, they're just good movies and they're inspiring and they're real stories with real struggles. But you see people overcome the struggles and beat the odds. It makes you feel good to see people, and it gives you hope. And this, I mean, this is different. This is now, you know, it's almost like the autobiography of of Greg Laurie for anyone who's familiar with him or has ever. Uh, I think he does have some TV program. I know you can watch him on YouTube, or I used to listen yeah. to him on the radio. Uh, yeah. uh, we we'll listen to him and preach. He's a pastor at uh, Harvest Church. He also has Harvest Crusades that he's been doing since the '90s, uh, where he's because. It's funny, I've gotten to see him talking where he he really felt like he was going to be an evangelist, and he really wanted to be an evangelist, and he mentions the difference between evangelism and being a pastor is evangelist is worried about diving and getting into the culture, as you see Paul, St. Paul does, you know, when he talks about the unknown God. He'd he'd find a way to get inside the culture to get you to understand something. Uh, And then, of course, there's Bible teaching, which is where we get all the details, and, uh, right. and so he didn't expect himself to become a pastor until uh, – and it's something we do see uh, by the end of this film. Uh, pastor Chuck Smith does help him get into a church.
3: Yeah. Now,
1: the, the movie presents it as if Chuck Smith just gave him a church. And so he, Greg Gloria says, no, he didn't give me the church, but he did help us get the down payment, and we paid him back. Uh, right. But he had said I, he didn't expect to be an evangelist. He 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 didn't expect to be a preacher, and then but as he started just preaching – you've realized, wow, this is what God really wanted me to do. But he still, with his Harvest Crusades, has that heart of an evangelist, and so he's able to do both. And so we're really kind of getting a lot of his story and his testimony uh, about this. And it takes place at a significant time in history where Time Magazine, just years before, had asked the question, is God dead? Yeah. And now we get to see this entire series of events where a reporter from Time Magazine is actually kind of a regular pop-up. Uh, in the character, uh, in in the film, this character uh, who eventually writes the story, calling this the Jesus Revolution, which is more commonly known as the Jesus Movement, and this is the beginning of of um, CCM now, like oh, oh dang it, contemporary Christian music, and. Right. Even after watching this film, I went through and I started, uh, I found on YouTube, like a collection of like, what was the top Christian hits throughout the 70s? And I realized a lot of these songs I knew from singing them in church. And I'm not just talking Bill Gaither here. I mean, Bill Gaither pretty much wrote the Baptist hymnal. Oh, my gosh. But, uh, <laughs> but other songs that we had sung that I was like, oh, my goodness, these are songs that meant so much. And I didn't realize these were a lot of people who had been been maybe druggies or hippies or whatever. And one of the the opening theme things that uh, we 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 meet the character played by uh, by uh, Jonathan Kumi, who's currently mm-hmm. playing Jesus in the Chosen, but he's Rumi, plays Rumi. Kumi.
2: That's it, right? I think it's Rumi. I thought it was Ruby. I thought is it Rumi? Let me look Rumi. him up again it's, here. It's, it's on Rumi.
1: my page. Yeah, it is Rumi. Why was I thinking yeah. Kumi? I probably know a Kumi, but yeah, Jonathan <laughs> Rumi as Lonnie Frisbee. A real guy who was uh, a, a, he was kind of a new Christian. You could sense that newness was there, but he just wanted to tell everybody about Jesus. And he meets Pastor Chuck Smith, who's got a dying church, who sees, you know, there's definitely were problems amongst the hippies, like there was drugs and all this other stuff going on. And so here's Lonnie saying, like, these are people that are looking for all the right things in all the wrong places. They just need a shepherd to open up the door of a church and let them meet the good shepherd. And when Chuck Smith just steps out on faith, it's like, you know what, let's invite some of these you know, Christians in there and start Bible teaching. And he had Lonnie start you know, sharing the gospel on Wednesdays, and Pastor Chuck would, would do the teaching on Sunday mornings, and it just it started something. And it's, it really kind of makes you look at our modern world. Who is it right now that right. we think maybe most of the church was like, well, I don't think they need to come in here. But no, they need to be in here. Yeah. They're looking for identity and all this stuff in all the wrong places, just as sure. the hippie movement did. Sure. Uh, and so yes. those are the people it, we need to come in.
2: It's always fascinating to me to, to see how the cycles of history. So I've lived mm-hmm. long enough now to see this cycle again, the cycle repeat itself. Because I was there. I was I was old enough to to uh, I, I remember the Jesus Revolution very vividly. I remember a whole bunch of stuff happening i remember the reticence of uh, church members to have this stuff happen they don't uh, you know that that was that was at a point where uh, um, the church was retreating from the culture okay mm. it was right after the church was retreating from the culture the, the, the church had been very prominent in the culture throughout the 20s the 30s the 40s even the 50s uh even the early 60s uh, you had bishop fulton sheen on television you had his, you know regular regular things happening on television the church was a, a, a regular part of the culture itself and then they got knocked down something happened something something uh, we, we don't have to go into all of that all all of that but that, <laughs> the 60s that started, <laughs> and that's exactly what the it counter is the counterculture revolution right and 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 uh and that was that was a true revolution it was a counterculture revolution and, and the, and the, rather than try to figure out how, how to make it work, the church said, okay, then we're just going to retreat from the culture period. We're just going to, we're just going to give you an our little enclave over here and wait this out. Basically, we're just, we're just going to wait this out. The Catholic church definitely just kind of said, we're just going to wait it out. The Protestant church just said, we're going to divorce ourselves from all of it. And of course, you know, a lot of churches started getting smaller and smaller and smaller and. Um, uh, because people that they weren't replenishing a church, a church lives because of the young people that have mm-hmm. kids and young people come in. And of course the young people at that point were tuned in, turn on, drop out. They were, they were all, all of that whole, that whole thing was going on. Now I have to say, I haven't seen this film. And the reason why I haven't seen this film is because I had such bad memories of that time. Mm. Period. I just had, I had horrible memories of that time period and just what was going on in that time period and the mistrust that was happening in that time period and how the blending of stuff that I really disliked in the, in the counterculture movement, how they were trying to blend that with the Christian, with Christianity and, and say that that's, you know, basically what was going on. And, and I have to say that some of that still is carried with us today. Um, uh, when, when Jesus is looked at as, you know, kind of a hippie, a flower mm-hmm. power, yeah. kind of hippie kind of person and, and, and whatnot. And he's just really just, doing, you know, he wasn't doing anything but being nice to people and they killed him for it. Well, that's not really true. Right. <laughs> it's, not, it's not really accurate. That's not really a, an accurate rendering of, of the scripture at all. But but on the other hand, I'm looking at it saying, okay, but look at what look at what some of the outcome of this has been over the past, you know, over the past 40 years, 40, 50 years. This is still now uh a st- still a, a big part of the culture it's a big it that that uh re- that did revolutionize basically how churches were do- were done some of it good some of it not so good yep. so you know say both there's both both ways of looking at that too uh some of it very very good some of it still like not so good you know um uh, there, there are things that came out of the movement that I don't really particularly like, uh, that, that it really has infiltrated churches, but then there were things that came out of the movement that were great. that mm-hmm. were really wonderful and, 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 and supportive. And so you, you have to kind of find the good in it. You have right. to kind of find that, you know, and looking back on it now, and again, like I said, I, I had such bad memories of it. I, I really do need to see the film, uh, before I make any kind of judgment right. on it as far as that's concerned, but. But but just but just it just brought up all sorts of uh, I, I live through it I don't want to have to live through it again I I could not wait I, the, to give you an idea of this I could not wait for the sixties to be over the sixties <laughs> and the seventies to be over I just I couldn't wait just can we get through this please and just get on the other side of this whatever the other side of this is going to be can we just get there already and uh, uh, and and and, and from me for my my generation and all of my friends were the same way. We were just like we have to wade through this. We're it's not our time yet, okay? Our time is going to come. We're a little bit young here. We're on the we're on the the we're on the end part. We were the second half of the baby boomers. The first half of the baby boomers were the people that you see in, in here. We were the second half of the baby boomers, and it's like you know when we get our chance, when we get up there, fine. We're going to change all of that. We're going to get rid of all of this. We're not going to deal with all this stuff. And uh, uh, but but you know then uh, you have to you have to kind of look at it and say okay yeah but you know. I got to say, they were, they were still very influential in a lot, mm-hmm. of, a lot of the stuff that went on. Very, very influential and very interesting. It's just, it's just fascinating for me to see young people, younger people like you, people who are definitely, you know, when you reach a certain age, everybody's younger than you. So <laughs> yeah. I, look at everybody, I look at everybody as being young people. But it's really fascinating to me to see how much they're embracing this sort of thing. And then to see the parallels. Again, the historical parallels. Because, again, it's, it's exactly what you were saying. Here are a bunch of people... Who, who, who? Pop culture was singing. David Bowie was singing in Changes, right? He's, he, the one of the verses that came along in Changes was, uh, you know, you don't have to preach at these children. They're very, they're quite aware of what they're going through. Mm-hmm. All of these children are kind of aware of what they're guys as they're trying to change their world. They're, you know, they're immune to your consultations. They're quite aware of what they're going through. Okay. And he was telling it, he's telling them, the older generation, your time has changed. Changes are coming. And this is the big change. And of course, change was huge. Bob Dylan sang about the times there, change, all of the stuff is going on. And they wanted to be aware. They wanted to develop their world. They wanted to do, to do stuff, but but it was floundering. It was, yeah. They didn't know where to go. They had yep. no meaning in it. They, had, they didn't know what was going on. And, of course, all of the things that they tried, which were drugs and sex and rock and roll and all the other stuff, fell by the wayside, didn't work. And, and a few of them found this. Right. A few of them found Jesus. And then they realized, oh, that's really the core of everything. That's really our parents taught us about this, but this is not the Jesus that our parents were even teaching us about. There's a different Jesus here that we need to we need to get to know, we need to get to understand, we need to get to love, and and uh, and, and and that's just a, a working through history. So look at what we're doing now. We've got cynical generations, completely mm-hmm. cynical young people who don't know, and yet who still are craving needing. They're craving to find meaningful lives, to yeah. do something that's meaningful, and 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 what's uh, hopefully the church can step right into that void and say, "Hey, we're doing it." This is what Jordan Peterson talks about. Jordan Peterson, was, you know, of all people, is coming out and he's saying, "Look, you you and the church have the greatest adventure you can ever offer anyone, the greatest adventure, adventuresome life of meaning that you could ever offer anybody. The church has it." Why are you not out there with these kids who are craving meaning? Telling them, come on this adventure with us. You want meaning? We got meaning coming out the wazoo. <laughs> come with us. Yeah. And, and it's really interesting because thirty five, uh, you know, thirty six now, almost thirty seven years ago, what I was telling people in Adventures and Odyssey was uh, the Christian life is the greatest adventure you can ever go on. Yeah. I was saying that exact thing. That's how I was selling it to everybody. This is the greatest life you could ever want this is the greatest adventure you could ever go on the adventure in odyssey is the christian adventure in odyssey that's the whole point of it and and uh, so i you know we're saying we, say, we were saying this 30 36 37 yep. years ago and now the cycle is coming back coming it's back cuz now
1: here. now it's still a search for truth but now we've yep. we've had a generation of well, what is truth, as uh, right. you know, as you can even find that in the Bible, uh, yeah. spoken by somebody who basically sentenced Jesus to death. But right. <laughs> that's beside Adjusting the point.
2: Pilot. Right. What is truth suggesting Pilate and did not wait for an answer? That's the way the whole is. Uh,
1: exactly. Goes. But we've got, well, we'll just create our own truth. because So everybody wants truth, but they it just seems to be easy to find your, come up with your right. own truth. But that truth will leave you flat. Absolutely. It will mean nothing. When you create Absolutely. your own truth— You know, I and I love having this conversation I once had at a a gas station where uh, I don't know how these guys got on their conversation. But one guy says, well, there is no absolute truth. I said, well, is that an absolutely true statement?
2: Exactly.
1: He says, well, that's just semantics. I was like, no, it is a direct contradiction. It is a contradictory statement that cannot remain true. There must be some sort of absolute truth. Because you yeah. cannot definitively say that there is not
2: one, because that your, becomes a new absolute. So your statement is meaningless if, it's, if there's no absolute truth. Your statement is meaningless. So now yeah, we need these kids. Be.
1: These kids need to find that absolute truth, we, and yeah. the church is holding on to it. We need to get it out there. Yeah,
2: you could. You know, so that's the thing is that that whole conversation. could just be like a. You could be like a two year old. Uh, <laughs> talking to you know there's no absolute truth well is that an absolute truth statement that you're making oh come on, that's just semantics well is that an absolute truth I mean that, you know mm-hmm. every 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 question that they get every statement that they come up with is well is that an absolute truth is somewhere down the line this is an absolute otherwise otherwise you got nothing everything. There's nothing. Yep. You can't, you can't trust anything. You can't say anything. You can't do anything at all. So you lose your identity. The, you lose your identity. There's not, there's nothing but nihilism. And is that, is that what you want? Is that the absolute nihilism? Is that it? Cause there's an absolute for you if you want mm-hmm. absolute, uh, absolutism. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's always, it's always fascinating. C.S. Lewis made a whole <laughs> career out of this. That was his whole, his whole thing was about, about you, you can't, you can't get in the car in order to drive it into the ditch, you can't. You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically, in a nutshell, what he, what Lewis is all about. You just you want to get you guys want to use the the the, the terms and proper and, and propositions of Christianity in order to destroy Christianity. And it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. You can't. You can't use phrases like "there is no absolute truth." If you use the word "no" in that sentence, "no" is an absolute. You can't do that. Right? I mean, you can't. You can't do that. It's a meaningless statement to do that. It's a negation of the negation. So that means there is absolute truth. Yep. You know, what a, negative plus a negative equals a positive. So
1: yeah. And to sum up, though, this was a great movie.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's great. And I have to see it. I really, I really have to see it. I was. I, it I, was, is very apropos I, 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 to the culture right now. Yeah. yeah and yeah, w-
1: what is. a timing with uh, you know whatever you're going to say about Asbury. Uh, I I looked in some video on it, and you know people were repenting. The gospel sure. was being preached, uh, sure. and they they worked on spreading it out to other churches. Like, hey, when you leave you know, here, I, I, take it out somewhere. Know,
2: I, I will say about Asbury, it, it's interesting that you brought that up and, and relating it to this. Mm-hmm. This is the same thing that these guys had to learn, and they're going to have to learn it at Asbury too. Yep. The real, the real, the real revival starts when you leave right. the church. That's the real revival it's easy to have the mountaintop experience it's easy mm-hmm. to have the camp camp mountaintop experience that's what everybody wants that's what everybody is doing and it's easy to get caught up in it it's yep. really really easy to get caught up in that the real the real revival the real thing is comes when you leave here what are you going to do now yep. what's the next step and and then and then um, the real the real test comes with okay, i'm willing i'm willing to I'm willing to get excited about this and go and spread this with spread this out there and not just spread it in terms of evangelization but spread it in terms of service mm-hmm. service to others, serving God and service to others, not thinking about me and what I want to feel now because that feeling is going to go away mm-hmm. it's going to go away rapidly it's going to go away big time, and you're going to be depressed. Because you don't feel it anymore and you want to recapture the feeling. And as soon as you try to recapture the feeling, again, let's go back to C.S. Lewis. He talks about being surprised by joy. The minute he had joy and tried to think about, oh, I'm feeling joy, it's gone. It's gone. (laughs) And you can't artificially create it. You can't do that. You have to just live in the moment. You have to actually say, I'm going to serve. It's not about me. My life is not about me. My life is about God and other people. And that's where the real revival begins. And let's make it so that we never have to have another revival. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) let's 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 live as christians in such a way that we never have to have another revival your life is a constant revival your life is a constant thing it's a constant thing going on here let's see if we can make that our goal and that comes through that comes through christian service serving god serving others and forgetting about me right and by forgetting
1: about ourselves we truly find ourselves of what god made us to be
2: Absolutely. He did not make did a mistake <laughs> when you yeah. made you. It's exactly what Christ said, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Christ said that exact thing. Yep. You come. You know. It's the. It, that's 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 the that's the that's the astounding messages of Christianity. The astounding message of Christianity is the seeming contradictions. Mm-hmm. He who, he who would save his life must lose it. Mm-hmm. He, you know you, 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 how, how, how is that even possible? What are you talking about? How is that even? How does that even work? Well, here's how it works. Yeah. Here's what happens. Here's what you do. You know, here, here's how this whole, this whole thing is supposed to play out. Do unto others as you'd have others do unto you. That's a positive spin on the Nietzschean idea of don't do anything that you don't want anybody else to do to you. Okay. Oh, yeah. so those two statements are not even remotely close to being right. each other. but Everybody <laughs> thinks that they are. Oh, that's just Nietzsche. That's just this. That's just that. That's been around for a minute, a minute. No, no, no. Jesus revolutionized that statement. He, right. he made it. That means you go out and do things. You don't just wait for things to happen to you. You go out and find things to do that help serve other people. You do that. Yep. You do that. You know, Do unto others. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Yep. Okay. Think about it from that from that perspective. It's not just, oh, okay, well, this, you know, we're just going to stay away from each other. No, no, no. That's not the case. You've got to go be a, a servant to others. Servants. Yeah. Servants. Servant. Servant leadership. Servant. Um, the, you know, the, the greatest... <laughs> The greatest is the least. The right. least is the greatest. You know, that's, that's exactly what it's all about. That's exactly what it's all about. This is
1: a lot of the stuff you see in the film. You see uh, the pastor who gets down and become a servant, and he's, because people were complaining that these these hippies have dirty feet. They're coming out without shoes. So we see him washing their feet. Wash so, okay, their feet. wash their Absolutely. feet and let me serve them. And we yeah. also get to see people come on off that hilltop experience. There's a moment where Greg Glory. before he accepts Christ, he's like, what if this is just another drug? We're getting an exactly. emotional high. What if this is going to all go away. And we have a minute a moment in this film that he is going to have to struggle with his faith because things are not going the way he expected them to be. And he's had he's he's not feeling the constant joy that their struggle, which is part of the Christian yeah. adventure. And yep. uh I don't yep. want to I don't want to spoil anything, but you're gonna get to see all this, and like the thing we learned by the end of the film, and Kelsey Grammer gets to say the line basically that God uses flawed people to get his message out because we're going to see all these people mess up we see Lonnie where he really kind of felt like it was about him and he lost focus but that's you know to me he he came across as very new christian and he wasn't yep. ready for the explosion yep. of what this would be like and then we have a pastor who's kind of setting away who's trying to navigate a new way to to you know, with these new younger people. So everybody's yeah. got a lesson to learn as the film goes on. And it's, it's, Excellent. it's, it'll make you feel good. Right. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. Uh, right. This, this is good, good storytelling, which yeah. is a great transition. <laughs> <laughs> see what I did there. Uh, I see what you did there. So when we had John before and we got off, I don't remember who we were off. We, we followed a lot of rabbits, uh, but the concept of being able to tell stories in such a way the way I think we talk about where we want to we, – nowadays we'll ask a question because we want to get the kids talking to their parents and right. to learn things. We were talking about how how you can get a message like, say, the Jesus Revolution and everything you were just talking about, how you can get that across without standing on some pulpit and preaching it but telling a story that you get these lessons because you see it played out. And honestly, now I think we, we, we were talking about it, it's been 35 years now?
2: Yeah, that it's, uh, it's going, this this will be it's uh, in, October, in November will be 36 years. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I was creating it a year before any of that stuff happened. So for me, it's 37 years. Been, yeah. Been, been you were doing
1: the, a, uh, what was it, portraits, family, family, family portraits? Family
2: portraits. Yeah, family yeah. portraits was the first thing that that happened. So family portraits 36 years ago was happening right now. Yeah. So right, right now, thirty-six. Some years of the ago. same actors. Oh yeah, well, the same, uh, same lead, Hal, yeah. Hal Smith. Yeah, and then we had, we had uh, Katie and and Will, uh, Will Ryan and Katie Lee, and some of the other folks had also come in and were doing other characters and stuff. So we had that. We had them sprinkled in. They weren't, they weren't the characters that they became on Odyssey, but they were, they were definitely in those shows. So yeah, they were there thirty-six years ago. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So. so.
1: How did you get interested in telling stories? I mean, did you always write when you were a kid?
2: Oh, oh, sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, from the earliest, earliest days that I can remember. uh, The first stories that I ever really loved were commercials. (laughs) (laughs) I I was, I was the first, I was the vanguard of the television generation. So Mm. that, that we were, my generation was the television generation. We were, we were constantly uh, watching TV. We were constantly, um, uh, you know, c- seeing uh, programs and whatnot on television, and the television was our babysitter. Uh, so our parents, my, you know, our mothers and my dads were all working; we'd stay at home moms, and they had to clean up stuff around the house. And so they put us in front of the television, and I was—I just sat there in front of the television and absorbed everything all day long. And the things that I always remembered—I had a—I had a real gift for this—was were the commercials. And the commercials, I realized at a fairly early age, the commercials were just mini stories. Mm-hmm. They're setting up a problem. there's a main character, they're setting up a problem, and they're having to overcome the obstacles. and what is the what is the way they solve their problem? this product? Oh, this will help you this will help you do it. yeah. Um, hmm. and then and then you have a little funny thing happen at the very end, and that's the way it worked. So um, so I realized, oh man, that's that that's that's just that's storytelling in a nutshell it's just they they did it in thirty seconds or a minute. That's how mm-hmm. long they did it. And makes so, me about uh, the
1: ads I make for the TV station I work at.
2: It, yeah, mm-hmm. you should you think of them as little mini stories. Yeah. Think of them as you have, you have your protagonist. They have a dramatic need and they have a dramatic situation that they're, they're operating in. And what are they trying to do? They're overcoming an obstacle. And how are they doing that? With your product. That's the way they do it. Yeah. So, or in my uh,
1: case, you need to go to this store and go buy this that, stuff, buy these right, gifts. That, that store, that gift. We don't do
2: products much anymore. I've noticed that in commercials. <laughs> They're yeah. not products. It should be websites or or service-oriented yeah. stuff. And but,
1: most of my stuff is all local yeah. businesses around the TV station I work yeah, at. So.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So – uh, but that, but that's still it's still the same kind of situation. You're still doing this. this these are what this is why story is everything. This is why what I teach is, this is a course called story is everything. It's all mm. about that. It's it's everything all around us. It's everything that we do. It's everything that we see. We see the same cycles in, in every single single thing. You don't realize that when you're you're young. It took, it of course, took many many years of right. doing it, doing it, doing it in order to realize. Oh, this is what's always been. It's just always been this, mm. and it's been that way since the since the beginning of time. I and mean, God created story. God created. When he created the world, he launched stories. Basically, the world is one long story, and there are trillions and trillions and trillions of little stories weaving this tapestry of humanity and existence and everything else, and going to an ultimate an ultimate climax. So, uh, that's what's great about it. And some of the but, yeah, best stories. I've, I've always I've always loved stories. I've always loved them.
1: Some of the best stories are also that's the way we communicate, sure. like in an ad. Yeah. We're, we're communicating something. You need to come here. But, yeah. but great stories, and, and Jesus, you know, he would tell parables. He was sure. communicating ideas yeah. through stories. Yeah. And, I mean, now we get a lot of stories that are just kind of fluff and just popcorn. We get a lot of that from Hollywood. Yeah. But yeah. some of the best stories communicate an idea for you that makes you sit back and think about it later. Like, hmm like C.S. Lewis always was communicating stuff when he would tell you a story, but you would oh, get, yeah. you would get a message for it.
2: I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've come across this book yet. Uh, there's a book called planet Narnia and, and it's a fantastic book. It's mm. a fantastic book because people, uh, people who are real, real deep divers into the Narnia, the Narnia is what we call it. Uh, they're, they're really into all the seven books. Right. And, and, uh, they noticed stuff. Christians especially start noticing things that, that the character of each book changes a little bit, mm. little, little things that happen. And then there seems to be inconsistencies. There seem to be, especially from a Christian standpoint, there seem to be, wait a minute, that's, that's not consistent with that. There's not consistent with this. It's not a one-to-one allegory. There's some allegorical things that happen, but the and Lewis himself said, these are not allegories. This is just this, this is just, you know, well, how, how would the Christian story play out in a different universe? And, and, and he was very, very secretive about this. Well, for years, for years, ever since the ever since the the, the, the Narnia Chronicles became uh, so so I- important to people, people have been trying to find out what exactly Lewis was doing.
0: Hmm.
2: What are you doing? Because you're not just children's stories, because you're doing certain things that are inconsistent with this, and 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 telling things in a different way, and, and so it's not a. It's not just a Christian. If you try to if you try to put it into the, in the realm of this, just a Christian, you know, Christian, um, basically trying to tell the precepts of Christ in these stories. Yeah, you can do that, but there's some other things that are going on here. Why? Why are those other things going on? And so people have speculated that it's about it's about Shakespeare. At one point, there's he's, each of the books represents a Shakespearean play, but they kind but they're also they just kind of fall apart after yeah. a while. You know, you try to do those things and say, ah no, that's not really it. Because Lewis obviously was a genius. I think he was a genius. And Lewis was a brilliant writer. And he taught this stuff for years and years and years and years. So so when, when he when he does something in a book, you can't just say, well, that's just a mistake on his part. You can't, you can look at that, you can write it off as just a well, he just he just blew it at that, that, that time. No, you have to really kind of look deeper than that. Is there something else going on here? What else is going on here? There may be something. He he did that for a reason. He's too good to just write that off as a mistake. Right. And then he went ahead and published it. Okay. So what is it that's going on here? Why is this happening? Well, there's a, a gentleman named Michael Ward. He wrote a book. He wrote it, I think, way back in like 2012 or something. But I just got the book on tape. I'm loving books on tape. Yep. I, I call them books on tape. <laughs> they're odd audio books, but I'm, right. I, I call them books on tape because I'm old school. Um, but I, but I got it and I started listening to it and I was like, wow, this is really, really amazing. And I, I think he's hit on the key. This is a something else that Lewis was doing that he never told anybody that he was yeah. actually doing with these books. And basically, um, I, I don't want to give it away because it really is, it really is something I highly recommend getting this book and reading it because it's so, it's so deep. It's very, it's, it's real thick. So you have to, kind of really hang on to it. I got to to do the the academic thing with it. But um, basically what he's doing is each of the books, Lewis was was not a person. Lewis called himself a dinosaur. Okay. And Lewis said, I'm a lover of the old things. Mm -hmm. I'm a lover of the old things. I think the old things still are worthwhile. They're still valid. It's not... um, uh, It's silly, it's it's silly and ridiculous to think that because we're in a modern age that somehow we have better stuff from a philosophical standpoint than all of these old older people did. (laughs) And he was also, and what's interesting, he's not one to dismiss everything while he while he would not follow pagan philosophy from a religious standpoint at all, he's not one to dismiss all of paganism as worthless. Because we have Christ now, then we dismiss everything from paganism as worthless. That doesn't, that doesn't make him a pagan worshiper or anything like that. He's just saying in terms of story, and in terms of what we know about story, and in terms of what, how, these, how things in story work, um, there are things that we should take a look at from the standpoint. And this was something that he really tried to do. He he wrote a book called The Discarded Image. And The Discarded Image, a lot of of the stuff from The Discarded Image starts filtering in. When you start applying that to the Narnia books, you realize, oh, wow, this is exactly what he was doing here. Hmm. So the Ptolemaic and Copernican uh, systems of the universe, there were seven planets in the universe, Um, eight with Earth. But the sun was considered a planet. The moon was considered a planet as well. So you had, you had basically Mars, you had Mercury and Venus and um, Mars, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Saturn, Jupiter, the sun and the moon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Earth was not considered one of those, one of those. Each of those had their own characteristics, their own spirits in, for instance, in the voice of the dawn Treader. Uh, Eustace says, "In our world, a star is a gaseous ball of yep. fire," and the and Ramandu says, "Even in your world, that's just what it's made of. Right. That's not what it is." Yep. Okay, so there's a clue right there as to mm-hmm. what Lewis is doing. Okay, so for instance, uh, in *Line the Witch in the Wardrobe*, you have this narrative going on, and in the middle of all this this, this happenings, and uh, Aslan's coming, spring thaw is happening, all the snow is going away. Uh, the, the the sun is coming out. Everything spring is coming, right? But in the middle of all this, what do we have? Father Christmas, <laughs> right? And everybody's wondering what? Why did you ruin the story by putting something from our world into that world? Why would you do that, Father Christmas? I and mean, everybody's wondering what in the world he was doing. And again, they, they write it off as, well, he just made a mistake. That's all there was to it. He just made a thing. We just have to ignore that. No, Lewis is too good for that. Why did he do that? Well, Father Christmas is associated with the planet Jupiter, which is Jove. Mm. By Jove. Okay. Yeah. So this so the of the witch in the wardrobe, is all about Jupiter. Jupiter is its symbolic representation in the sky, in the night sky. Jupiter is all about power and bigness and jollity, jo- joviality, Joviality which is, which is good spiritedness and good-naturedness and, and, and Father Christmas is very much associated with that. And so all the things, so when you start looking at that, you start saying, okay, so each of the planets is associated with one of these books in the Nardiad. And they're all associated together. And when you start looking at that, and again, I don't want to give away anything with Planet Narnia. You need to just go read the book because he, he does a deep, deep dive yeah. into all of this stuff. And he associates it also with the, the, uh, the Outer Space Trilogy that R- Lewis wrote. He associates a lot of it in his scholarship, Lewis's scholarship, the scholarly works that he wrote. He's, he, he talked a lot about this stuff. So he's got it, he's got it very well sourced in all of Lewis's, all of Lewis's work. That this is kind of what he was. This is kind of what he was really doing. He was really showing how this is the thematic underpinnings of these books, um, and 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 not as a way to to get people to say, "Oh, see the pagan things they were used to worship the stars and the planets." No, he's to say, "Look, who's in charge of all of that? It's all it's all still saying there's a, there's a god in heaven who's in control of all of these planets, mm-hmm. and and this is what Aslan does, of course, Aslan." Uh, Aslan takes a couple of the stars. Ramandu is under Aslan's yeah. under and, and control. There's the, the other star that came down and is in charge of the Duffel Pud Island. Mm-hmm. He's telling in, he's there. So there's two of them. There's two of them in there. And he's saying, these are these, and they're all, they all do obeisance. They're all they're all very servile to Aslan. They all understand him as the great lord of everything. He's the creator of all. He's the great lord of everything. And so what is they're doing? He's saying, even the planets, even the planets. The heavens declare the glory of right. God. Okay, which is Lewis's favorite the Psalm 19. This is Lewis's favorite psalm. He says it over and over and over again. Well, this is kind of a secret thing, apparently, that Lewis had been doing the subtext that he was trying to do, and a lot of the stuff that he was doing. And and when you look at that, you go, Oh my goodness, this is this changes everything. This changes how you read the whole story. All of a sudden, those things that you thought were inconsistencies and mistakes. No, they're just deep, they go even deeper than you thought they yeah. did. So so this is what's really, really, really interesting. And it just got me thinking about uh, all of these, all of the kinds of stuff that we all do, and the symbology of what we all do, the symbolism of, and then and then that that gets you to go back to scripture. Now, so as Christians, we start going back to scripture, and we start saying, and this is what this again, listen, this is what Jordan Peterson's starting to do. Jordan Peterson's looking for the deeper meaning of these stories. He hasn't quite got there yet because we know what the deeper meaning of the Old Testament stories are. Yeah. They're all symbols of Christ. They're mm-hmm. all symbols of every. Christ is throughout the whole thing. It's not yeah. just that he comes and suddenly appears in the New Testament, he's there throughout the Old Testament. He's there throughout all of it. You just got to look at it in the right way. You yeah. just got to keep going. You, you can't just take it at the surface level. You got to do the deeper dive on it. And that's what's really, really fascinating about uh, about just the way story works, the way story works in general. And for us, we're story creators, content creators. Then it's incumbent upon us to do the same thing. It's incumbent upon us to feel like how do we do this? What are we what are we doing? I'm looking at my own stories, going, How can I do this? What can I what can I done some of that, but I gotta do, I gotta, I, I, I miss the boat here. I gotta go deeper with this. I gotta yeah. go even deeper. And you get a lot of resistance. You do get a lot of resistance from it. it, it it's really interesting. Even people that are that that, that you you thought would be a, a, on board with it. If you're not real careful about how you explain this stuff, they're wondering what are you doing here? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? What's the matter with you? Why are you doing? But it's so it's it's really really fascinating to watch to 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 to, to uncover that stuff and then see it's all all of it is pointing back to God. All of it is pointing back to Christ. All of it is pointing back to the Trinity. It's amazing stuff. It's really 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 incredible stuff.
1: And so that's the difficulty of finding how are we doing this right
2: anyway right. and well
1: heck i, I think it's just a couple of weeks ago you were uh uh basically all the writers for odyssey i guess we all just kind of get together yeah. and just yeah. have a big meeting so
2: i mean yeah we have our, our yearly meeting at the end of february when we usually have it we were there in colorado springs this lovely this gorgeous house it was so beautiful um, uh, uh, this place and and, uh, and and just the magnificent uh, garden of the gods was right out there, right out the window. We could take a look at all the stuff, in the mountains, the Pikes Peak, and everything was was really beautiful. And then it snowed, and it became even more beautiful. It was just <laughs> great. So, but we, yeah, yeah, we all got together, and we all were pitching stories, we're pitching, we're, we were pitching stuff, and um, and 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 that's that's our time to bat around ideas with each other, with the whole group, and to try to try to figure out what we're going to do for the next couple of you know. Albums and seasons and even years in some case, and where we're going to go with certain characters, how we're going to do stuff with certain characters. We make decisions then about what we're going to do. Last year at this time, we had to make a decision about what we're going to do with Eugene, Mm -hmm. um, about how that whole thing was going to play out because of Will Ryan's death. And uh, and and we did. We played it out, and we 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 have recorded those episodes, and they will be produced, and people will love them or hate them.
1: <laughs> Hopefully, we'll, we'll probably love them. The only thing we'll hate is that we we have to say goodbye to Will once and for all.
2: Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see how it all works out. I, I, I you know, we we we. Um, we did everything that we could do. I think I, I don't think that we could do anything more than what we could do at this point with that. And so, uh, I don't want to give anything away at all. Um, but it's it's going to be the kind of show that that you know again there's a lot of there's a lot of depth to it and and and. On on a surface level, you're going to look at it and have a reaction to it on a surface surface level, and then then go a little bit deeper, and then go a little bit deeper, and then and then go a little bit deeper to try to get to the try to get to the essence of it, try to get to the core of it. What we're really trying to do here. So, um, but it's it took all of us, you know, it took all of us. It took it took uh, Kathy and it took Kathy and Marshall and myself and Dave Arnold to really. Really make this. They took all of us. We were we were all there. We all had to. We all had to really show up and really work hard. And I was teaching a course. I was at I was in New York. I was teaching oh, a course for the Lamplighter folks at the same time that I was doing a, a, a another pass at this whole thing. Another four part <laughs> pass, at it. and it had to be done because we you know we just had to get it all all Man. done because we were, we were going to record in another two weeks this thing had to be done. So I'm like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Give it to me. and I'll teach in the morning till about two o'clock. Then I'll stay up until two o'clock in the morning doing the rewrite. And then I'll go back and teach in the morning. So it was just, it was one of those cycles of, of, I can't complain about this because when I was young and, and, and couldn't get a job anywhere doing artistic stuff, this is exactly what I wanted to do. <laughs> I wanted right. I wanted to be that in that situation where, yeah, I'm teaching, I'm doing this stuff in the morning and then in the evening I'm doing all this and rewriting stuff frantically in order to get stuff in there. And then the whole cycle starts over again and you're all exhausted about it. And I'm like, I can't be complaining about this. This is exactly what I want <laughs> is why I got into the business in the first place. Yep. So. Uh, yeah, so that it was it was actually a real blessing to do to do all of that, and it and it and it was uh I think I, I I like I said we we put everything into it we put everything that we could into it so it's um, it's it'll be interesting to get everybody's reaction I can't wait to, for everybody to hear it so
1: and of course hopefully you get everybody to get those discussions going get families to talk together like well what do yeah. you think we should take away from this what's the takeaway what do we want to go out in yeah. the world and yeah. learn from. From all these type of things, the so things we want yeah. to ponder and think about. It.
2: Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's really true. Uh, we tried to put all of that, all of that in there. There's there's there was so many things that, that had to be done. Yeah. We had to take care of so many storylines because they're they're all there were there were just multiple multiple storylines that had to be multiple people that had to had to be taken into consideration. Multiple relationships that had to be taken into consideration. So um, again, I don't want to give anything away, but we we did we did everything that we could. Everything I think that we possibly could with this. So, uh, so yeah, it was. We were all exhausted by the end. Of the <laughs> but oh,
1: uh, a, a new album actually has just released. It has an album, uh, seventy four, just released.
2: Yeah, I think that seventy four had just has just released. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's it. That's an interesting cover on that album. If you look at that, it's kind of a remake of an old cover, um, that the, the artwork on it. But this time, it's really interesting where you see everybody's together. Um, in this in this version of it, you have a lot of the main characters together, um, and then Eugene is sitting in front by himself. Mm. And so the, again, we have this visual symbolism of what's kind of going on. What's kind of it's a pre it's a kind of a precursor to you know setting the stage for kind of where yeah. where we're at with this with this sort of thing. So, but it, it yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's an interesting album. There's a lot of stuff in that album. That's, that's, uh, that's going on and this set the stage for, for things that are happening in the future. So of course, always good stuff. Everybody can go to a uh, uh, have these gotten to where they're available through the Apple store yet? I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell you about that. Um, I, I, I am completely mystified. I will tell you when it comes to how this program is released. These days. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah how any of that works at all for me. I come from the days when we were on the radio and then we had cassette albums and that was it. I don't get the club. I don't get how, when (laughs) things are, but I don't get any of that at all. And I, and I gave up trying to figure it out a long time ago. I'm like, okay, I just know this is out now. Go. Go and go and do well. That's all
1: and I, I keep know. it simple. I go to the library. Like, does the library have a copy yet? So I can check it out. So <laughs> yeah. give me something to listen to. So yeah. yeah, it just means that I usually, I sometimes I have to wait. And I because ha- I had to do a lot of catch up. I think through up through album seventy three before I had y'all on the first time. I was like, I wanted to make sure I was current. So I was like, okay, what was yeah. the last thing I remember happening? So I let me go in and see what all happened since then. And so
2: yeah. Cause they, it's see, the greatest weird, ongoing what's, what's, story. <laughs> what, well, uh, what's, what's so strange about that is that I'm in a completely different place from that because you know, that's album 74 to me, that's like two years ago. <laughs> yeah. So, so much has happened since then. I, I wow, got to be really yeah. careful about thinking, Oh, oh, well, wait a minute. Where, what is, what was that? Okay. That was that. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. I can't, so I can't say this and I'm notorious for spoilers. I'm notorious for (laughs) letting stuff like that happen. So I've just got to be so careful now about, okay, wait a minute. What's happened since then? What's happened? I can't talk about any of that stuff coming up. I have to talk about it, which, 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 which is something that happened really interesting that happened with the whole Olivia, uh, Olivia's questioning your faith album, Mm, which mm. I think is the previous album. That was good stuff. It was so much fun, um, uh, not just fun, but interesting. It was really, really, really interesting because um, we got letters from people in the middle of all of that. We got letters from people saying that they were praying for Olivia. Uh. (laughs) They were praying for Olivia. And I'm like, that's really interesting. You realize Olivia doesn't exist. She's a fixed character. But you're praying that she finds her salvation. So what actually are you really praying for there? Are you praying that the writers are going to bring her back are you praying for for us that we're doing stuff and, and, and yes yes that's what we're praying for i said well you realize these shows are done <laughs> yeah. they're all done this is this is the finish we know what the outcome is right. we're, 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 this is done and it's not going to change so where what's what's really I just, this is just a weird yeah. kind of strange situation to be in because you realize this is kind of this is kind of in a a, a small minute infinitesimal taste of what God must go through when, when our prayers go up to him and he realizes, you know, he knows the whole story. He's outside <laughs> of time. He knows everything that's going to happen right. already. So does he, what, what What are we praying for exactly? What, what are we, it's not to say that we shouldn't be praying. We right. should be praying. We should be praying for specific things. There's, yeah. That's perfectly fine to do that, but it's just a strange thing. Cause it, it doesn't really matter how many prayers you guys have. <laughs> How many prayers do you want a certain thing to happen? This is already done. We're not going to be changing this. I mean, this is just the this is this is it makes me more of a Calvinist, I think. <laughs> that's, <kind> of, <laughs> that's really controversial. Oh, yeah, goodness, there we go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go okay, then the people are gonna go crazy with that. But it's just it was just kind of a strange thing to, to do. That's a that was kind of a mind blower for me. I was like, well, this is really interesting to kind of figure out how all that whole dynamic works in terms of story. Yeah. But, well,
1: we do get pictures in the Bible, like all the prayers being like contained and it's like yeah. it makes a wonderful aroma unto the Lord. He just loves yeah. and relishes in those prayers. Yeah. so yep. he, just, yep. he just wants a relationship with us and he wants to hear from us. That's he's like, oh, do yeah. I've already got you taken care of, but I'm glad you're talking to me.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's what that's he that's wanted from the beginning. At, yeah. When you
1: when you look at it, that's what yeah. God wanted, and yeah. now He's using because He because He can work all things good. He can use the entirety of history where it all went wrong and still make things even better. If we, maybe it, than, you know,
3: than, if we
2: if than we would. really understood the profundity of that, our lives would change almost overnight. It would <laughs> it would change everything. Yeah. It would change how we how we look at everything. Yeah, the the question that comes up of why if there is a God. And and he's supposed to be good. Why does he allow so many bad things to happen? That that mm-hmm. what you just said. If we were to look at life in that way, the way you just laid out mm-hmm. for us, it would change the answer to that completely. Yeah. We wouldn't even we wouldn't even want to ask that question anymore, because because of the different ways that we that we would be looking at what God is actually doing. Yeah, it would give us a very small insight into what His grand plan is. It would help us to understand what His plan is. Um, You know, one of the things that I I thought uh, i take my walks in the morning and i try to do my prayer time and real meditation time and praise time while I'm doing my walks. And one of the things that that occurred to me was if you're you're thinking about the essential nature of God and who God is, what his character is like, what God, what the Trinity's God, the Trinity that we know of is God, God, the Son, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, who existed before the foundations of the world. So they existed outside of time. There was no time. There wasn't anything. It was just them. Just God. That was it. Well, well, if if we if if before the foundations of the world, before any of us were created, God knew that Jesus, an all-knowing God, knew that his son would be born and have to be the atoning the atoning sacrifice for the world. Okay? For the sins of the world. That means that sacrifice, sacrifice is an essential characteristic of God. Mm. Before the foundations of the world, sacrifice was an essential characteristic of God. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God told me that. I was like, what? What? That's, a, that's astounding. Yeah. That's astounding when you think about it. Wow. Mm. Sacrifice is an essential Characteristic of God, which means we are made in the image of God. We are meant to be that way. We are meant to do that. We are meant to sacrifice.
0: Mm.
2: That again changes that's the that, whole. That's that servanthood thing. That question. It changes the whole nature of if, if God is so good, how come? We, think about it in terms of sacrifice. Think about it in terms of servanthood. Exactly what you're saying. The whole servant idea. Your life is not about you right your life is about other people and god oh wow that changes everything it changes everything that's that that and and, and it's like this is the key to everything and it's been sitting in front of us this whole time we just <laughs> yeah. refuse to see it yeah we just refuse to see it and and once you see it and you start accepting it and you start implementing it your life changes really ratting you want a revival that's it right there that's it that's the key yeah understanding your life is not about you and that you are a servant and you should be a servant you came to serve there was there's that that phrase right there i come to serve there's an episode of star Trek: the next generation where spock's father comes onto the Mm -hmm. enterprise i don't know if you remember that episode where Mark Leonard plays him again. Is this one where
1: he's starting to lose his mind a little bit? And he's starting
2: to lose it. Yeah. So for Vulcans, the worst thing that can happen, of course, is that they can't control their emotions. Right. And there's a disease. It's like a Parkinson's disease where they can't control it. He can't control it anymore. He can no longer hide things. And so it starts, he starts lashing out and then his emotions start because they're telepathic. His emotions start entering into other people, Mm -hmm. causing fights and causing all sorts of stuff. And he's, he's a bit, he's there of course, because, the complication is he has to negotiate a peace between these two settlements and he has to be in control of his emotions and whatnot. So he gives all of his emotions to Picard. Mm-hmm. Everything and Picard is like now going through and he, Picard <laughs> understands his relationship with Spock and relationship with his first wife. And I mean, Picard is just having, you know, all of the emotional oh, heyday yeah. that's, that Sarek should be experiencing. Picard is actually experiencing. But what got me was, and it's partly due to the line itself and it was partly due. And I remember it right when I first saw the episode, I felt this way without ever having to go through all of the stuff that I'm going through later and thinking in terms about servant servanthood. The first thing that Sarek says when he beams aboard the enterprise is we come to serve. Mm-hmm. Picard greets him and says, ambassador, it's such an honor to have you here and we, we have accolades and this is And he goes, we come to serve. And the way Mark Leonard delivered that line, it was so sincere that I thought, that's not that's not a cornball thing, that's really deep. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, that's really deep. If you look at your life in that way, if you look at your life as saying wherever you are, we come to serve, we come to serve. And mm-hmm. you don't make a flashy thing about it, you just go about the quiet business of serving. How can I be of service to you? How can I help you this day? What can I do to help you out? And you stop thinking about yourself and all your own problems, Man, anxiety goes away. All of the cares and worries go away. All of the, it truly is. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Do not worry. You cannot add an inch to your height. You cannot make your hair turn color. <laughs> well. You cannot do anything. Don't worry about any of that stuff. Come to serve, and all these th- things will take care of themselves. All of this other stuff. Wow! And Christ told it yeah. to us. And He said this to us, and it was so radical when it, when He said it originally to the apostles. Of course, it was all very radical. But we've seen it. We've heard about it for two thousand years now, and so it's become <laughs> commonplace to us, and we don't understand the profundity of it. And we need to recapture that. That's that's exactly yeah. what we need to recapture. You know, yeah. I mean, those kids are looking for meaning, the grand adventure. The grand adventure of Christianity, the Christian life, is this great adventure. It's an adventure of service. Yeah, Service, that's what it's about. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. It's, and, it's incredible.
1: And that fits right it. what I've been hearing a lot with, because uh, even Greg Laurie would preaching on this, like yeah. where we had, you know, because he cause he's been talking about the movie, it's like, this was like this revival. It's like, well, what do we, we're given the instructions for revival. And he says, like, no, no, look who God's talking to. He says, if my people who are called by my name, well, what's the exactly. first thing he says? Humble themselves. Yep. And then repentance, yep. of course. you Repent, of course, because we got it wrong. But in order to serve, you do have to humble yourself and stop thinking so much about yourself and, and your own needs. Just let God take care of you. Yep. And then you worry about how can I serve other people? Because God is serving me. Holy cow. Yeah. God is yeah. taking care of everything, all of my needs. He promised he'd take care of. Yep. So yep. if I don't worry exactly. about those anymore and let God provide, I can now focus on well, how can I pass that on? How God is loving. And that's even something at Esbury where they said like we when you when I watched the uh, the actual sermon that was given at the Bible study, and the main thing they're praying for is like you know there's people out there who've never felt the love of God. Maybe we haven't felt it in here. Let's pray God pours out His love on us so that we can overflow it onto people out there. Yeah. And really, when you consider the way God loves us and he takes care of all those needs, that is the example of how we're supposed to go out. Like, oh, God loves us by providing and taking care of us. Can we not go out and find ways that we can serve others? Because that's what God is doing. Exactly. He is he's exactly. being the servant and he's God of all. And he's being the exactly. servant. He provided exactly. such an example. It's amazing.
2: That's what, and then Mm -hmm. Jesus said that over and over again. I came here. I came here, not the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Son of Man came here not to not to say. He he says that over and over again. And then what does he say? So we just you just said you just said, the prayer was, uh, people have never felt the love of God. Can can we can God pour out His love on us so that we can share that Mm -hmm. love with others? Okay. Well, what did Jesus say? Love was greater. Love hath no man than this than He what. Lay down his life sacrifice. for his
1: sacrifice. 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 Yes.
2: Lay down your life for your friend. Greater love hath no man than this, than you sacrifice. Mm-hmm. That's what love is. That's what love yeah. is. Love is willing the good of the other. Yep. Willing the good of the other. Wanting what's best for the others. If I have to sacrifice to do it, that's exactly what I'll do. And Jesus was the ultimate example of this. Yeah. Sacrificing himself for the entire world. All of the sins. All for all time. Laid on him. Yeah. If we will just turn to him. Oh man, yeah. that's so profound. It's yeah. so incredibly deep. And, and we have just. Whitney Houston just, got
1: it wrong, saying the greatest love of all was was loving yourself. Oh, no, terrible,
2: terrible, terrible stuff. Yeah, we, our culture is full of that. I saw a meme just the other day. Yeah, of uh, about about a bird landing on the on the branches, and the and, and the and the whole thing was, you know, the bird lands on the branches not because it trusts the branch, but because it trusts its own wings. So believe in yourself. And I'm like, that's, that's probably the worst thing you could possibly, I would, I've let myself down too many times. My (laughs) wings have failed me too many times. I would much rather trust the branch that God created that he's going to be able to -hmm. to, to do stuff than trust my own wings, please. Just no, 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 no. We got to get rid of these things. We got to get rid of that stuff. We got to start thinking, talking more about, you want, you want an adventure? You want, you're going to be so gratified. That's the mm-hmm. that's the thing. That's the hardest thing about telling this to people is that you want you want gratification, you want happiness and satisfaction and gratification. You are going to be so gratified when you just start serving other people and really Groundhog forgetting day. about yourself. Yeah, Groundhog yeah. Day. Yeah. yeah, I was saying that the whole time because
1: yes. Bill and yes. we don't know how long that Bill Murray's character has to go and live through that day before he learns to serve everybody else. And even when oh, he gets God. he gets everything he wants when he serves everybody, he got what he wanted. Yeah. Yeah, and what, exactly. is he, what is the first thing he says to him when he realizes he's getting into a new day? Well, how can I serve you today? Yeah. Yes.
0: <sighs> yes. Like, I got a whole oh. new
1: day. So what am I going to do with it? What can I do for you today? Today. Just let me know what I can do for you. Today. Yeah. I should oh, wake up wow. when I should tell that to my wife. was like, a, what do you need fantastic. me to do for you today?
2: That is fantastic. Exactly. 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 Get up, serve, serve, serve them. Mm-hmm. and fathers especially men especially really need to understand this we need to understand the idea that that's who we're supposed to be yeah we're supposed to be that servant leader we're supposed to lay down our lives for our family we're supposed to be that, that, that person we're supposed to take we're supposed to take the responsibility even when even when we didn't create the mess right we not right. create we take the responsibility for fixing it even when we didn't create the mess we didn't do the problem we're being Jesus for our family mm-hmm. that's the whole point yep. that's the whole point. And so many of us, we don't even we don't even get that at all. We're just, yeah. it's all about self gratification. Oh, ah, yeah. that's Satan's biggest tool. That's Satan's yeah. biggest weapon on us it, It's so oh, yeah. it's so awful, so awful. And our society is inundated with that. It's just imbued with that kind of thinking. It's, oh man, man, terrible, terrible. No, get out of that. You that will never ever make you happy. You think mm-hmm. you're going to be happy by doing that? It's ultimately going to fail you. It's all nonsense. Man. Don't do it. Go the other direction.
1: Yeah. And the people are saying, well, I can't love others until I learn to love myself. God is Don't loving you. you. Take God that you. love exactly. and how much God loves you to realize how valuable and how worth it you were for what God has exactly. done for you. Carry exactly. that love that God is loving you and share yeah. that. It's yeah. Like you have, yeah. You have. He do what, that. He loves do so that you have. God's love so much bigger than my love.
2: Yeah. And yeah. if he so, can do that for you, how can you not do it for others? Right. If you can so, do that for you, how could you not do that for others? Oh, did I not go take take the me out of the equation, Lord. Right. Take the me out of the equation. Just you and others. Mm-hmm. That's it. And there we
1: go. I think that's a good place to start wrapping up. <laughs> we, 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 we had us a nice little message here today. But <laughs>
2: I think so. I think so. It's, <laughs> well, it's good time. stuff. It's always good stuff. Yeah,
1: this has gone into like a nice two-hour show. See, that's the thing. We we start one path with you, and then you, we go in this whole journey. It's the adventure. Exactly,
2: exactly.
1: So, never know
2: where you're going to end up,
1: which never is fantastic. righty. well I want to remind everybody to visit our website, NeverlandPodcast.com That's where you will also find a little ad right there in the middle of the page that uh, if you happen to be a podcaster and you want to get your reviews my podcast reviews for a small fee, like a yearly fee you can get all your reviews sent straight to your email, They're all collected, even the international ones that you usually don't get to see they'll all be right there. Go check it out and of course when you click through that it does help me out. Other ways you can help me out, of course, is don't forget to donate on Patreon, slash Neverland Podcast. Uh, I really do depend upon that, it really does help. And of course, we want to thank Karen Kennedy, Ricky Pope of Christian Nerds Unite, and Darren Wilhite of the Wilhite and Wall Show. Those are the voices you hear in our opening. Or don't forget, you can email us at podcastneverlandpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPcast. We have both a Facebook fan page and a group page that you can jump on to. And of course, we still have it open. You can join the Neverlanders right on the neverland.com website you just have to have a good nickname tell us what your nickname is become a lost boy or pixie and why do we have pixies because I'm going to say it again what's right out of the book girls are too clever they don't get lost but we love pixies pixies are awesome so uh, with that we lo- our favorite thing and I had to I had to warn you ahead of time so you're not confused <laughs> of why we do this but get lost in an adventure of Christianity see there's great adventures oh, there
0: you comes go together.
1: Right
2: excellent
3: special about hero breads: soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co
1: catch those springtime vibes all over arizona break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks